So, you like the best weapons in the world? No problem. I don't know how to make them though. You'll have to find the blueprint. Okay, so the blueprint is my prize for whistling Hound Dog 70 times in a row while making faces at people in chemotherapy. I'm pretty sure a few of them lost the will to live thanks to me, but who cares when this blueprint is finally mine? Yeah, you got it. Great. Now I need the ingredients. I think I'll take a nap because you might have this done soon. I got the book that pops out of seahorses when you beat them up for 30 minutes straight, and the cutlery set that black marketeers in Paraguay trade for authentic life-size chia sheep statues, plus the really warrior Altoid that tastes like okra and gunpowder from a mistake at the factory. But I can't get Louis XIV's old shoes and two angry praying mantises trained for ping pong. I'll never have it! Ah, uh, what a shame. I guess you'll never have it getting the best weapons. Now a podcast so grand. Whoa! So magnificent and so vast, it spans from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Phil. How do you choose the best equipment? And Mike. The one that looks the best, dude! Phil, Mike, this is really quite simple. Unless you get an A-plus on your final oral report in video game history tomorrow, I have no choice but to flunk the boat of you. Two epic airheads. Mike, we are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. One time-traveling telephone booth. Uh, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I'm here to help you with your history report. Who knew the history of video games could be such an excellent adventure? Yo, dude, I have experience bar. How do I get experienced? It's like when you learn stuff for a long time, you know? Oh, oh, look, Mike. Okay, let's check it out. Hey, who is this old dude? It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Hey, excuse me, old dude. Do you know if there's any bogus bosses of historic significance here? How's it going, ugly pixelated dude? These are your hosts, Philip Willis. Those are some hot magic slinging babes. And Mike Minky. The gaming report, not a babe report. And all kinds of games from RPG Backtrack. If you guys are really us, what game are we thinking of? Shining Force, dude! Dudes! This is Phil and Mike's Excellent RPG Backtrack. And welcome, boys and girls, to the blood-curdling episode of RPG Backtrack. This is episode number 166. I am one of two hosts. My name is Phil Willis, and tonight it is my pleasure, it is my honor, it is my esteemed privilege to torture, to bring out the pain from these two gentlemen. One of them is my twin double. He is the other host of the RPG Backtrack, the one, the only, Mr. Mike Mickey. You're going to have way too much fun tonight, Phil. I already can sense this. <laughs> you don't even necessarily need alcohol tonight. No, I do not, because I'm already filled with glee as I prepare to lay open. Oh, no, lay open. <laughs> hey. Open up a six-pack of whip-ass on Alex Fuller. I don't have to make fun of your name tonight, because it's just too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, eh, I like Agarest Wars, Phil. Are you kidding? No, I don't. Five out of five. <laughs> Bam, done. Podcast over. No, boys and girls, you know, if you've been following us, if you've been listening to us, you've heard about the pains of Agarest Wars. They have come up time and time again. But we have not ever taken the time to dive into the horrific detail, to peel off the scars, to find out what festers underneath 
That show is here. That show is now. We are going to talk about some Agarest Wars just for you because you demanded it. Heck, we got people on Twitter demanding it. That That's how, that's how much people have been looking forward to this. We, you sure we shouldn't have saved this for like a nice round number, like 200 or something? 200 is when we're going to pick something that we enjoy. Oh, oh okay. Now, if people don't enjoy listening to it, that's their problem. Wait, wait. So you're saying Agarest Wars isn't one of those games that is so bad that it's good? Oh, gosh, Phil. I wonder. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Since I have it digitally, I can't even burn it ritually because there's nothing to burn. Yeah, you can't pull like one of those angry video game nerd deals where you throw it into the trash compactor or something. I would love to put it into a toaster, but I don't have a physical copy of the game. So no, that's out. Can you go online and buy a physical copy of the game just so you can burn it? That seems unnecessarily obtuse. <laughs> I think playing this game is obtuse, but that's not going to stop me from enjoying being on the questioning oh, Phil, in this evening. Did you know that there's a move in Agarest called Cross Edge? <laughs> this game is bad. All righty. Well, we're going to take a teeny tiny break to, to, to save up our power, to build up our strength points, and, uh, and we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back. Today, we we beat up Mike and Alex not once, not twice, but three times as we discuss three Agoras War games, beginning with Record of Agoras War, developed by Idea Factory, Bad Idea Factory, <laughs> Red Entertainment, because uh, they make you turn red with anger when you play this, uh, Compile Heart, because Compile Heart is just a politically correct way of saying that they're going to crush your heart, and uh, you know laughing... Left. You know what else Compile Heart works on? Hyperdimension Neptunia. Really? Well, those games yep. aren't that bad. There's just... Anyways, <laughs> a laughing uh, jackal on the PC because <laughs> the last laugh is theirs. <laughs> this just goes on and on with these developers. Published by Axis Games, this, uh, this was uh, released on the PlayStation 3, the Xbox 360, Microsoft Windows, because pay knows no bounds. It was released on Windows by Ghostlight. <laughs> Yeah. This was uh this was released uh, originally on the PlayStation 3 in Japan on September 27th, 2007. Uh what did we never Oh, here we go. On the PSN in America on April 27, 2010, we got the Microsoft Windows edition on October 3rd, 2013. So, uh this is a single player tactical 
<laughs> RPG experience. And we we use that term with quotation marks. <laughs> oh hell, there's 32 packs of DLC. Oh, 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 just in case you don't get enough pain with the base game. Oh, oh. yeah. Before yeah. I dive into this, I want to say something nice about Ghostlight. I had a problem with this game, and Ghostlight helped me very courteously to get past it. So, and Ghostlight helped me with Agarest Zero too. So, kudos to you, Ghostlight Entertainment. So the uh, uh, the uh, the customer service, ten out of ten. All right, I'm writing this down. Good, good stuff. I mean, oh. I, can't, I can't speak for Axis. Oh hell, we got we got a real time tweet. So before the show started, I tweeted uh, what we're doing tonight, and Fari got a reply back from uh, Michael saying, "Woohoo! Screams of torment and anger for all." <laughs> real right. real time tweeting right on live here at RP Backtrack. Uh, so uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy, so, Alex, like, we keep talking over you. I'm sorry. Yeah, what's up, Alex? Uh, uh, I was just going to mention it. Also known as. Agrest Generations of War, depending on region slash platform. Oh, I've seen that before, yeah. Yeah, Generations of War. That, Yeah, I'm familiar with that. I've seen that somewhere. In the trash can, Place, maybe? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's probably the version on PC you see. Yeah, it's the uh, Ghost Lights version, so it's either Europe or the PC one, which they published everywhere. <laughs> in a desperate effort to fool people that it was something different instead of that one game everybody knew and knew to avoid. <laughs> Well, generally you're trying to move the agorist words rather than keep that in that case. <laughs> well, this did become a series somehow. People bought it. Why? Well, let's start oh, off. Yes, Phil! And we didn't discuss all the wonderful physical feely things that you get with the Xbox 360 incarnation from Axis. Oh, oh like you get goodies inside the box? Dude. Oh, what do you get? You get an agorist mouse pad. Nice. Which has one of the females of Agarest and her boobs as uh, raised elevations on the mouse pad. Oh, well, I have oh, yeah, to, I have to Google this crap up. Okay, mouse pad, Agarest. I don't even know how to spell it. Agarest Xbox. All right. I'm sure this will uh, get us some interesting image searches. Oh, hell. Wow. Wow. Those. Whoa. This guy's like squeezing them in this. Bi- whoa. Easy there, big boy. Easy. Wow, so boys and girls, Mousepad, Agoras, Xbox. Uh, be warned, uh, some of those search results are uh, rated uh, not safe for the workplace. Just, just just putting that out there. Yeah, I don't recommend using this particular mousepad at work. Though, if you Ooh. do it, um, that's <laughs> you, your business, I suppose. If you do and it, your boss. If you do it, you will be in HR. That's all there is to it. <laughs> you, yeah, you will be in HR. As you may know, if you work in a modern workplace, people can get offended. And if they see this at your workstation, they will probably get offended very easily. I, I ha- imagine why. I had to address a situation with an employee just because they had a, a swimsuit edition Sports Illustrated calendar in their office. So you can only imagine what this would do. It might be instant termination. <laughs> okay, moving on. What, what else? Is there anything else fun in the box other than the uh, I don't remember. That was the most... Okay, so so extra content, ten out of ten. All right, so far this game is a perfect game. That's what I'm hearing. All right, let's let's address this uh, this fascinating content thing. Look look at that image there. All right, we're gonna look at this. That's a long link. Oh, here we go. 
Loading up. Oh, cute little girls. A, a girls growing up. Okay. All right. The, the one uh, is, the Im- is the first image of her during the first generation. The second is the image of her for the remaining four generations of the game because she apparently grows about five years older and stays that way forever. Oh, well, she is an elf, so, I mean, I'm guessing she has these long ears and elves are known to live a very long time, so... She's a high elf, whatever the hell that means, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, and Dungeons & Dragons, I play that a lot. They live hundreds of years, so... Okay, graphics so far, 10 out of 10. Love it. (laughs) This is a great... I I don't know what your problem is. It's great. That's cute. Uh... Sure, let's um, continue in that vein. I mean, this, uh, I play in, uh, I'm playing some games that have characters that look like this. This is kind of cute. Oh, I might use this in my... I hope you like that face because you will see it a lot during the endless conversations. Um, Boy, her, her ears really go far out. Oh, well, I guess to each their own. You want to make sure they know you're an elf. Don't put little tiny tips where you can have ears that go out past your shoulders. Just about. Really close. Let me find an... Another elf for you. Yeah, I'm sorry. As long as we're talking about the characters, I don't have to vent quite as much. There, that, that one's from Agorist Zero, but it's definitely a character. Oh, oh, oh goodness, she she is, uh, shall we say, blessed. Uh, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. But very well drawn. Uh, you know, I mean, if if you're okay with blessed women, you, this is a ten out of ten. <laughs> Uh, she's so, also extremely pale. Look at her. Well, you know, she needs to get, get a little sun. Some some guys are into that. You know, if you look at me, I'm as white as a ghost, so I can relate. Um, I try to avoid the sun at I all don't costs. think you're as white as a corpse. Uh, you know, I, I, I am on some days. So, okay. Uh, boy, she's got those white ears going on again. Well, but very well drawn, 10 out of 10. Okay. You're doing pretty good so far, Mike. Her ears are so wide that she must have trouble getting through certain doorways. Well, I yeah, I was thinking that, right? Like, just even car doors, she must have to make sure she gets in sideways. Just, hmm, that, that could be a problem. Or going through those uh, thin scanners in the airport. Yeah. Uh. How about that one? All right. It's low. Oh, oh, oh that, that's kind of cute. Yeah, she's got a little smile on her face. At least she doesn't have wide ears. Would uh. you want to marry her? Marry her? Uh, well, I mean, me personally, no, not really my. Considering she looks like she's what eight? Eight? Yeah. Well, I mean, she's a tall eight-year-old, but she, maybe fourteen, twelve. I. It just depends. I mean, they do grow fast these days. Have you seen some of the kids down the street? Holy crap! They they are putting steroids in these kids' food. I kid you not. Twelve-year-old is tall and bigger than I am. It's scary. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe she is eight. That that then I would not marry her. No. But, you know, there's a little bit – I think that's something in these Japanese games, right? Because in, in – in, in, okay, okay, let's be fair now. I'm playing Fire Emblem Revelations, right? You know, you remember the wizard, the young wizard and the healing chick? Do they get married? I, I mean, can they marry? Because they look like kids to me. They I haven't – I, I, I'm working on their relationships now and it's up to like a B plus. So I haven't, uh, haven't been given the option yet. So, all right. Whoa. Wow. Uh, wow. I'm not even sure that suit's even possible uh, physically. I mean, the way it's just kind of sucks to her breast crevices, that's just unnatural. I, On a stage, perhaps, I could see that because it would be insulated with huge quantities of tape. I, I was every, th- every day? I don't know. But, but look at how it goes into her crevices, but yet there's this stripe across it. Like there's some fabric being stretched there. It's contradictory. I mean, I could almost believe it's body paint if it wasn't for that. 
fabric in the front looking like it's being stretched. It's just uh, – it's one or the other, boys and girls. It's either skin tight <laughs> like like skin-painted crap or or it's fabric, in which case you don't get crevices that detailed with fabric. I just – no, it, yeah, it's a little contradictory there. Other than that, I mean, good artwork, ten out of ten. I mean, okay, let's let's go back to Agarest one. Here's another character you can marry. She, she's she's clearly never eaten a hot dog in her life. Whoa, 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 <laughs> evil mama! Wow, wow. The only thing she's missing is a whip. Whoa, wowzers! Whoa, uh, don't bring that one home to mom. No, uh, it's practical Barcelona. Yeah, very practical. Very. As you know, fishnet will protect your upper torso just as well as any kind of armor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't marry that one. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure she'd kick my ass the moment I turn my <laughs> back on her. It, it, speaking, of, speaking of female armor, if you've never seen it before, I'm sure you have because it has 7 million views, but go to YouTube.com and just search for Female Armor Sucks by College <laughs> Humor. It comes up right at the top. It's hilarious and covers that topic in great detail. Uh, now this one actually has what looks to be a skin tight jumpsuit, and I think I mer- ended up marrying her because her, our relationship just seemed to gel so well. I mean, look at her—that loads of personality on that one. Well, she does have a skull and crossbones on her cape, so that means she's a badass. Um, clearly, um, and she clearly doesn't like to be restricted in the chest area. No, in fact, I was about to say that the chest might be the only thing holding certain parts of her outfit up. So, hmm. But I, as a percentage goes, I think she's one of the more covered females. It's like oh, yes. there's at least 70% of her covered there, maybe even 80. So let's go for another exchange, extreme or close to it. Because I know you'll love this one, especially when she looks like she's six. Oh. Oh, you see, there. Now, see, okay, okay, this brings. Okay, Mike. <laughs> Mike, Mike, okay, now you're looking at her, she looks like she's six, I mean, hell, she she, she is wearing, I, I, she can't even wear a bra, she doesn't qualify, but... And look, we don't have anybody else to compare her to, so we don't know how tall she is. Well, okay, but okay, but again, uh, uh, to be fair, I'm playing uh, I, I, Fire Emblem. I remember her, she was in the first generation, and her brother stays with you the whole time, but she can marry you, uh, and then, regardless of whether you marry her, she dies at the end of the first generation, and... You- I'm just saying, you could marry one of these in Fire Emblem as well. I don't think this is just Agra's Wars. I think this is like a Japanese freaky-ass thing. You remember the chick in Fire Emblem who turns into a dragon? Tell me she doesn't look like she's eight and a half years old. Now, she says in storyline, she's like, but I'm one of those people who turns into a dragon, and I'm, I got big ears, so I've lived for 200 years. Ha, ha, ha. But you're like, nah, nah, you're clearly there for the guys with the kid fetish. No, I'm, no my character is not marrying you. You're staying in a corner somewhere. Go away. Yeah. Phil, that sounds uncommonly derogatory for some reason. I Nowie. Her name is Nowie. L- look up Nowie if you forget what she looked oh, like. Yeah. I, do, yeah. I do remember her. Did you marry Nowie? I did not. Okay, I'm just saying. It looks... I'm sure I, it's... I paired option. her off with somebody. Yeah. Pair her off with another kid. At least that way you could feel like it's a little illegal. Whoa. So this and one... There's our, there's our mermaid. No, mer- she's, uh, she's not a mermaid, but she has some... Uh, she's 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 some invented species in this game, a Reulent or something. Well, as you can tell by the 
Aquaman-style fins on her head. Okay, boys and girls, just just a gaming pro tip here as you look it up Agarest characters to see what the hell Mike's talking about. Whatever you do, don't type in the name of the character space fan art. Just just gonna say that. That just it ends poorly. It just it just I got a little curious and and I wish I could take it back. Uh, yeah. All right, I suppose I've dragged this out long enough. You've seen, you've pretty much seen what the character art looks like, although I could drag up a couple of men and show you what they look like. They're kind of unremarkable. So, very professionally, well-drawn, another 10 out of 10. So far, Agris is a perfect <laughs> game. Not seeing the problem here. Oh, you haven't seen them in motion yet. Do they have, do they have jiggle mechanics? Not really. Uh, okay. No, it's the conversation system. Ah, well, no jiggle mechanics means I have to take away like half a point there. That's a shame. <laughs> They've got ah. breathing mechanics. Ooh! Yeah, yeah, in the first game, they just kind of stand there and kind of pulsate a little bit. I, uh, I can't do any better than that. Okay, alright. So uh, <laughs> I'll have to give them the half point back because breathing is cool. Make, you know, especially when it, their chest is going up. And, anyway, okay, moving forward. Moving on. <laughs> Move is Shirley on. in the room while you're saying this? Move it on. No, she's upstairs crocheting or something. All right, so. Okay. Agarest 1 begins with some idiot named Leonhardt, I think is his name. Everybody calls him Leo. He goes out into a fight and gets his butt slammed into the ground. He's dead. And then along comes this mysterious woman called Deshana. And Deshana is just so mysterious and otherwise nice that she just agrees you allow me to dictate the course of your life and the lives of your, and the lives of your descendants to sealing evil that I will bring you back right now. Oh, I'd better show you Dishana because of course, as you know, a mysterious lady with great powers would be dressed that way. Everyone knows that. So this is how it would be dressed, of course. Well, naturally. Whoa, whoa. Wow. Wow, that is some strategic fabric. Wow, one wrong slip up there, and oh boy, wardrobe malfunction. Yeah, and she appears to be wearing what is a transparent wumu of some kind. Or I can't even tell if that's one garment or two gigantic sleeves hanging off of her. Anyway, Leo, given that he's about to die, says, sure, I'll do that. And Deshana gives him power, and off goes Leo to save the land from evil. And he gathers some friends to do that. I showed you Ellis, the high elf who joins him. Ellis has a larva. They call half things that are between the gods and humanity larva in this game. A larva called Borgnine. He tags around and he looks hulking and he helps out because he fights a lot. You get other friends. And um, I will completely remember what some of them are eventually. You fight through the land. You reach the point where whoever's your... Whichever of the three women you can have in this generation is feeling, hopefully, kindly towards you. And if not, then too bad, because that means your son's stats will suck, but you're stuck with him anyway. They get married. Dad and mom and the other two women, for some damn reason, who you didn't pick, they all die. And you shift to another continent. And then the son picks up, and his name, it starts with an L, and I can't remember what it is, because uh, he was exactly like his dad, an extremely boring character. And you go through that land, and you fight a whole bunch of evil, and you win. And the son gets to pick from three ladies, and you do that. And the son, and the wife, and the other two who he didn't pick, they all die. And you move to another continent. And now you're the third generation, Theo, who wears a leisure suit. I remember that. And he actually is a character because he's an inveterate womanizer. And after that, 
you, you clear out another continent. He picks up ride because he agrees to finally settle down and responsive hero. You go to another continent. You are now Duran. Duran is a new character type because he's a sullen jerk. He's emo. Until he finally has a learning experience near the end of his generation and decides to be a worthy hero. And he picks a bride! And you go to another continent! And now you're Rex. And Rex does exactly the same thing, and you finally go and kill the evil guy whose name you only hear mentioned about ten minutes before you fight him. His name is Summerill. He has four eyes, and he floats in the air. And I only remember that because he shows up in Zero, so I have a fresher memory of this guy who barely made any impression in the first game. And if you did everything right, guess what? You get to go for the true end path. And if you didn't do everything just right, you don't. But you still get an ending, and that was fine for me. The true end path involves fighting a whole bunch of superpowered gods, and uh, I don't really care. I suppose I could YouTube it, but I just don't. Yeah, Combo Heart likes its very restrictive true end conditions. <laughs> oh my, are they restrictive in this? Uh, there's a morality meter. Every question you get pushes you either light or dark, and you have to follow a fact precisely, or else you're not going to be in that little neutral range at the point the game needs you to be to get the true end. Uh, and if you get to that point, then Deshana will join you in the fifth generation, and I'm sure, well, just look at her art. I'm sure she's a great fighter. Look at that. And what else do you have to do? You know, I don't remember because I did. I was not on the true end path at that point, and I just said, "I don't care." Yeah, there's usually a bunch of side quest requirements, maybe some stat stuff. I don't know, but yeah. I think I was within the turn limit requirement. Yeah, that's another fun thing. Oh yeah, that was the other one. Yeah. If you take too long in any of the generations, then you screwed yourself out of the true end. But the only way you can take too long is if you fight battles over and over, thereby wasting your time. Uh, don't do that for fun. <laughs> apparently some people do. <laughs> Someone on our forums apparently liked to do that once upon a time. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, I think. Possibly. I won't block them out. Best for all, I mean, considered, I think. Um, yeah, so I don't know what the true end involves, and I don't really care, because by this point... Let me look on Steam here. Exactly how long did I spend with Agorist Generations of War? Come on, Steam, wake up! 126 hours. Mm, wow. That sounds like fun. And Lots of content. <laughs> That's right. Not all content. So, 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 it sounds like you got a lot of value. So, sure. value, value score is 10 out of 10. Got a lot, got a lot of gameplay for the money you spent. No, I didn't. Phil, I remember a couple of people who registered on our forums only to comment on my review for this game, wondering out loud, how was the reviewer able to spend so much time on the game? I was able to finish it in this amount of time. Obviously, they neither of these people read my text closely to see that, yes, when you have multiple crashes in a game before you can save so that you have to repeat parts over and over, that is going to inflate your playtime significantly. Hmm. That is the part Ghostlight was kind enough to help me with. There's a point in the, in the fourth generation where there's a plot event, you have a battle, it's not too hard, you win the battle, you have more plot, and then you pop out into town. Popping into town, for whatever stupid, asinine reason that I never understood, liked to make my game crash. And of course, you can't save during any of the plot or battle stuff. No, you have to get into town to do that. Hmm. I remember it crashing about mm, 12 times in a row. 
Before I finally asked Max Storm for help, he sent my save file off to Ghostlight. Ghostlight got past it because, of course, the, re- the experience could not be replicated on Ghostlight's machines. Sent me the save file back. And joy of joy. And that was, of course, not the only time it crashed. Oh, no. I tried not to go into town whenever I didn't have to because that was the stimulus to crash, but you can't stop going into town. Plot points happen there. <sighs> so, yes, if I'm being kind, I suppose at least... 20 hours or so of this Steam playtime was crashing that I had to make up from. But you love crashes, don't you, Phil? Well, you know, technical challenges happen even to the best games. I mean, World of Warcraft, 10 out of 10 game, had a lot of crashes at launch. You know, Does it still? Well, once in a blue, I suppose. I don't know. I don't play it still. Hmm. But people do play it still, and I haven't heard (sighs) that Blizzard's PR is that terrible for not fixing the problem? Yeah, well, and 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 they yeah, you complain, Blizzard fix it. You complain to whatever they they fixed it for you. So ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Even though we don't use that number on our rating scale. <laughs> oh, you're right. Five out of five. <laughs> Perfect execution. Next. Oh yes, I forgot this wonderful part. Uh, I, I'm going to show you another character. This is actually a male character, so you will probably not be particularly entranced, but. Doesn't he look trustworthy? <laughs> Doesn't he look like the kind of person you'd want to have babysitting your kids? Wow, you sure it's a party member and not the big boss of the game? Oh, no, he joins you at the start of the second generation. Does he, like, betray you on the fourth chapter and you have to fight him? He does betray you in the fourth generation. He takes Ellis, the high elf I showed you, and takes her away, and he stabs her because they need high elf blood for some crap, and you eventually get her back, and he fights you in the fifth generation, and that's another true end requirement. You do not fight him. You let time pass and just survive until he gives up, and because you you got through to the good in his heart or something. Ah, oh, that's awfully sweet of you. Sounds like or riveting you, stuff. Yeah, as you know, deep, deep cover for for enemy agents is an element that games should use more of. This is a man who joins you. Is he a man? I don't, I don't remember what the hell Vashtor is, but he's on your side and he stays with you for, let's conservatively say that a generation is, oh, 18 years or so. So he's with you for a good 36 years or so before he betrays you. <laughs> That's dedication. Hmm. Well, I guess business played a long game. <laughs> That's true. Think of all the deep, profound character development that occurs in Agarest. Sounds like a ton. There surely is. Why, just think, Phil. What were you like 17 years ago? Oh, it didn't look like one of those chicks, that's for sure. <laughs> but, so are you perhaps saying that 17 years ago and now you are not the same person? That you have gone through changes in 17 or 18 years? Like what? I have? Well, yeah, my mom told me it was going to happen, right? She told me about, <laughs> like, there's these birds and stuff and, yeah. What about you, Alex? Are you the same person now that you were 17 years ago? I think I'm a bit taller. Very likely so. I'm just thinking, there appears to have been absolutely no character development in between the generations. You know, we don't get to see the new heroes grow up at all. We don't get to see what shapes them. We don't get to see these new lands at all. That's one thing these games are terrible about. They tell you that there are huge armies marching around you, and you never see any of them. Is it that freaking hard to make a sprite of a soldier and then copy it 2,000 times and just layer it in the background? Apparently it is for Idea Factory. So you know more characters that just make the game longer. You know, I'll go with that. Because 
instead of character development, let's just have people yammer on a whole lot about these armies that you never see and these geopolitics of nations that you never get to visit, so it means nothing. And this monarch wants to help you, but he really can't. Uh, I would lend you my armies if I only could, but it's really dangerous. Unseen armies, unseen citizens, unseen kingdom. I, I cannot help but come down on the game as hard as I possibly freaking can for the massive waste of potential in favor of just blah 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 here are more enemies let's go kill them blah 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 there are supposedly thousands of enemies out there and we're only going to see the few hundred that we have to kill blah 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 yammer 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 incessant blah 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 <laughs> oh yeah some real here. so you're saying it doesn't lack for content sure repetitive annoying content but it's there and I think that's all we can ask of a game. There's there's Summerill. See what I'm talking about with the four eyes? Oh, yeah. yeah that that's, looks kind of evil. Maybe somebody did name drop him at one point before you finally show find him at the end, but I don't remember it. Uh... Yeah, by five generations, you kind of forget the details. <laughs> you forget the details. I've, I've certainly managed that. Oh no! What a shame. Uh, plot, plot, plot. There, yeah, they yammer a lot. Uh, it's all voice acted in Japanese, and you get to hear. By the time you're through with this game, unless you hit skip on every scene, and because Idea Factory is made by wonderful, full of wonderful employees, instead of skip, meaning you get to skip the cutscene, it just fast forwards through the cutscene, so you still get to see it. Ha ha ha. Uh, what the hell was I talking about? I don't even remember. <laughs> Must not have been that important. Um, okay. Story in general, so yeah, not important. <laughs> not important. There's a lot of it, and a good 95 or more percent of it is completely vacuous filler that can be dispensed with because it means nothing. Oh, yes. By listening to so much Japanese voice acting, you will get to hear that a lot of Japanese voice actors don't put that much effort into their performances, which may be revelatory for some people, but after you've heard an actor drop about 200 different lines and you don't hear much difference between any of them, you can say, ah, that person is phoning it in. Anyway, I suppose I could rag on the story some more because there's so much endless dialogue in this game, but no, no. Let's talk about the combat, because Phil loves the combat in Idea Factory games. Yeah, I mean, so far this game's really knocking out of the park. Even if I took the story down a few notches, it's still averaging like a 4.8 out of 5. Good pace tactical combat. Foot locks fire them. Yeah, I'm playing Fire Emblem. It is so much fun. So, I mean, certainly Akers is going to be fun too, right? I think tactical is a bit of a misnomer here. It is technically tactical in that you are on a grid and you have different moves. Uh, but there is no such thing as battlefield variety in Agarest. You are always oh, no. on the same featureless grid. <laughs> always. <laughs> There's also no such thing as an avoidable battle in Agarest. When you go from place to place, there will be little dots on the on the game map. These dots mark battles. You must fight these battles and win. The only optional battles are for extra paths, which, of course, you will not know are extra paths until you get to the end of them and find, oh, I didn't get another plot point here. Ha ha ha. I just wasted my time on five needless battles. That's so wonderful. Now, actual battle and rest... Oh, it's so wonderful. All right, Phil. Hey, it's very simple. It is very simple, but it's not quite simple enough to where you can turn off your brain. 
Oh, okay. So it sounds like it's striking that 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 good balance between not being too hard and be still presenting a little bit of a challenge. What world do you live in, Phil? I well, want to go there. You live in Bizarro World. Yeah, you know, but it just—that's what I had to do with Fire Emblem, right? I had to pick the difficulty to where I could, you know, I could get there pretty easily, but not completely turn off my brain. Um, you will not be able to turn off your brain in Agarest, but that is mostly because you will have to think just enough to make sure that what you're doing will finish the battle efficiently, instead of making you sit there forever. All right, let's. It's a terrible shot, but all right. Hmm. All right. Here, show you a screen so I have a visual aid for what I'm describing here. Mm-hmm. All right, you see everybody there? Oh, wow, look at this. We got, oh, well, this is pretty cool. You got effects going all over and red squares and, yeah, grid-based combat, awesome. All right, you see those bolts of light or whatever that are between the characters there? You mind-controlling them? Is that it? You, you got a mind-control spell going on? Nope. Those mean that you are connected to the zones of combat for these characters. Every character has a different zone of effect. Uh, you can see right there, her zone of effect appears to be two squares in front of her, one square to the right, to the left. Uh, what is that? Four squares to the right and two squares up, whatever that is. Uh, everybody has a zone like that. It never changes throughout the game. If you have another character in that zone, you link and when you're when that character's turn comes up, they get extra attack points to do stuff with. Ooh, strategic. So, the solution to your problems in every Agarest battle is this. You wait until the last possible moment, or when the character with the range to do this acts. You attack the enemies, because regardless of the normal attack range, if you are connected by these little zones of light, then you can just bounce all over the board and attack no matter what. And if you've got somebody with super range on their attacks, then great. You can bounce all over and attack things that are far across the board and you could never normally hit them. You do that, you kill them, and you hope that you killed everything because the game doesn't allow you to choose where you're going to land when you start bouncing all over the board to attack things. So if you land and you are no longer connected to anybody and you can't do anything with that character for the rest of the turn, that's just too bad. You're done. And then the enemies will, of course, start beating on you and in later battles... The strategy becomes, let someone be the fall guy. Let someone get killed. Revive that person. Do it a few times until you've built up your SP, which, of course, are charged only by letting people get killed or by the extremely tedious process of using items over and over. And then dump your super moves on the enemy and it dies. Hmm. So, so you know, any good RPG has a random ele- uh, a random element to the combat, right? Otherwise, it just kind of gets scale and predictable. Um, is it random? A little bit, because the game never tells you how much damage any of your attacks will do, so you kind of have to guess. That's always fun in a attacker game, right? Hmm. Uh, and I guess there is a random element in which enemies will show up for you. Sometimes you'll get these rare things. Some, the the variety of the enemies will vary a little bit, but it doesn't really matter because you still have to fight the battle. And it will invariably... Once you see an enemy, you're going to have to fight it multiple times. Get used to that. Oh, yeah. And it will take a while every time. And the game is too stupid to remember... Oh, here's a great part. Say you, move, say you use a certain move. Um, I don't know. Burst hit and power power strike or whatever it is that forms a that forms a skill 
or whatever the game calls them, that it is a combination move. The game will never let you just use a combination move even if the if moves are available in your party. No, you have to remember to hit the, to hit those moves together. You can look at the list of all your combination moves, but the instant you start chaining everything together for your attack string, you can't look at that list anymore. So you have to remember all the possible combination moves if you want to use them. And you might, because some of them, of course, are helpful. They might uh, hit more than one square. They might hit enemies with magic that are dodging physicals at this point. They might use a certain element that enemies won't absorb. Things like that. Oh, and the game won't te- will never tell you whether an enemy is going to absorb your attack or just dodge it. No, you have to figure that out for yourself, and if you just wasted all your time on a whole string of attacks that didn't do anything, well, that's just too bad. Uh, and yes, here's, here's another fun part. You will get a lot of enemies, kind of like this sandworm thing that you see here, that take up more than one square. You can't choose which square of that enemy you want to target which might matter because you have moves that hit more than one square. So you might want to hit its neighbor along with the sandworm. No, you can't do that. You have to just hope that when you use a super area attack, it will also hit the enemy, or you have to hit... It's it's that kind of fun. Magic spells that hit large areas. Your characters who have weapons that can, say, hit three squares in front of them, and you will wonder why this stupid game is positioning them at to the side so that they're not hitting all the enemies they possibly could. Well, you can't. You have no choice about that. The game is stupid. It will not let you make all the tactical decisions that you might want to because, obviously, that's too much of an impediment to your brain power. And then there's the fun part. The game expects you to overkill crap. Uh, overkilling just involves attacking it, something after it's dead for a while in order to make sure that it drops something. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the exact thing. I think you actually have to double the, it's like the damage. H- in HP in that one turn. Yeah, so. and if you're fighting weaklings, then that's no problem, but if you actually might want to make all your moves count, then that's a problem. Uh, and then there's, there's the break meter. Once you make, once you break an enemy, then lots of moves will have more hits and do more damage, but you just yes. get to see the break meter, and it doesn't... You have no real effect on it by being told, say... Do these moves and the break meter will be filled. The, the game will not tell you that. You just have to figure it out by smacking the enemy over and over until it finally breaks. You you get no help here. Yeah. Well, the break piece is sort of the thing that kills the speed, basically. So that means you have to get everyone in that formation thing so they can all attack together. Yeah, so once you've got a once you've had a battle loss more than one turn, it then takes forever to actually keep going. That is very, very true. Uh no, I imagine because it became four, it still has the issue. But uh, is the difficulty well balanced? No. Yeah, because zero wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> the first one, I got some DLC at the beginning. Ghostlight gave that to me, oh, yeah. and with strong weapons, you will blow through the early we- encounters. There's zero chance that you will lose unless you just sit there. Uh, eventually, you will start getting to enemies where you have to calculatedly pound upon them until they die, and if you don't kill them, if you aren't strong enough to kill them at the first rush, then they will pound you hard enough to to kill a couple of your characters, and you can either revive them using perishable items or costly spells, or you can just leave them as crystals and then have to go back to town to revive them, because it's that kind of game. And, oh, especially once the enemies start whipping out their own super moves that are built up by you killing their friends. 
those will kill everybody in range. So unless you have everybody separated and are able to revive your people after they're dead, and there's a turn limit. You have two turns to revive your dead people or else they're gone for the battle forever. Uh, well, you could be in for a long day at the office. <laughs> so yes, as it, as it goes on, you fight nastier and nastier enemies that require caution. And if you don't have caution... Strong you tactics. Strong strategic planning. Exactly. Wow. Here, here's, your, here's your strong strategic planning. You throw somebody out there, uh-huh. that person gets pounded on a lot and dies... You revive that person. That person gets pounded on again and dies. Whenever you feel yourself ready, you take all the accumulated force of your people getting progressively angry that somebody gets killed over and over and toss at the enemy. Mm. Oh, and the person who dies doesn't get any extra SP, which is what you need to have in order to use your super move. Because uh, I guess when you're dead, you can't get angry or some kind of logical like that. Hmm... The biggest issue I had was the level of disparity between regular battles and the boss battles, which sort of usually came immediately after the regular battles. Yeah, they did. And the bosses would have a good oh, five, six times the HP of any regular enemy, which means that you can't kill them quickly. And once you try, then you've charged up the, the boss's SP so it can lay out its super move and knock you flat. Because that's fine. Yeah, yeah which, well, in the case of Agro for me, went tons and tons of grinding, which yeah, left me quitting the game quite quickly. And the grinding in Agarest is so much fun, too, because the game expects you to be at a certain level, which is something like what the enemy levels are. And once you go over that, you start to get awarded less experience from the battles. Isn't that fun? Come on, that's awesome. Wow, it sounds that, exciting. That means, have, that means you just, have to take even longer to fight. It just it sounds awesome. Oh, yeah, this guy is the brother of the, uh, the girl who looked six that I mentioned earlier. I remember his name is Zerva because I actually had him on my team the whole game. Pretty good. Um, but yeah, all that, all that aforementioned, what, 32 pieces of DLC? Yeah, there's no contest in that. <laughs> it is just weapon stuff. And all the forms of currency. Yeah. And we'll get into the currency. Oh, buy to win. <laughs> sort of. Well, yeah. You can spend hours harvesting it yourself or you can buy it. What a great choice. Hmm. More value. Uh, it's all about the value. Oh, yeah, here's this great part of a tactical game. You you love it, Phil, when you can't check out the enemy that you're about to attack to see what its abilities and strengths and weaknesses might be, don't you? Mm-hmm. You can only do... This is something weird about Agoras. You move everybody. The enemy moves too, so you can't see where it's going until it's happened. And then you attack. You do not... The attack phase is distinct from the move phase, so... You have to have a pretty good idea of where you want to be and hope that the enemy goes there within your range. And if it doesn't, then you're screwed. Too bad. You need to waste time. <laughs> Doesn't that sound fun? It does. Oh, yeah. I forgot that. <laughs> yeah, another uh, reason why you don't want the battle to last more than one turn. <laughs> plus, when you finish it within one turn, then you get the highest possible rewards in the multiplier for experience and money and whatnot. Each turn that extra that it takes, it reduces your rewards because it wants to punish you for taking longer. How dare you? Um, what else do you want to know about combat, Phil? Mm, that, I don't know. Sounds, sounds pretty interesting. I knew you would say that because I know that you love fighting the same battle over and over and over again. Don't you, Phil? Mm-hmm. A battle that takes a good five to ten minutes each time 
doesn't require any net real brain power, but you can't do it on autopilot, and there's no choice. You're gonna fight all these bad. Lucky. <laughs> Yay! Oh, and that wonderful part about the first agarest, the exploration points, which were not in Zero, so you wouldn't have seen them, Alex. Oh yeah, I think yeah. They, they, is... killed, they killed them after this game. <laughs> I'm not sure if, if what Zero did in their place is necessarily better. In fact, it might be worse, but yes, Agarest 1 has exploration points where you get to do what Idea Factory thinks is some facsimile of platforming. You wander around a big field and you get to jump clumsily at an isometric angle and you get to hope that you get to the next screen before you are landed in a 20-minute fight and you get to... Just do this until you find a boss. And of course there are treasure chests and whatnot, and it, it's clunky and annoying, and the frame rate dropped for me, and it was not fun to control, but I had no choice at all, and I don't know what else to say about it, except that I wasn't having fun. Yeah, I didn't see these in... They weren't in Agra Zero, but yeah, I remember them from Blazing Souls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were awful. <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're establishing a theme here. Well, and that, eventually. <laughs> and then we get to the inventory. Oh, it's so wondrous, the effort that Idea Factory expects you to go to for inventory. Phil, how many types of currency do you like to have in your game? I'm partial to one, but I can't help to notice that one of the world's most famous pen and paper role-playing systems, Dungeons & Dragons, insists on having five, which is a little silly opinion. Well, Agarest gives you money. It mm-hmm. gives you EP, which you use at the blacksmith. It gives you TP, which you use at the Adventurers Guild. It gives you PP, which you use to buff up your party members. I thought to say I use PP in the bathroom. I thought you used TP in the bathroom. <laughs> Why would you use PP in the bathroom hmm. instead of cleaning it up? Mm-hmm. Now. Moving on. Let, let us. Let us take a look at your shop once you start in, in Agarest 1 or Agarest 0. You will see that its wares are very small indeed. How do you increase these wares? Why, that is simple. You go to the blacksmith. You have the blacksmith forge new things from items. Do you have these items? Having just been through Agarest 0, I can tell you that even though I managed to overkill at least once every bloody enemy in the game... I never saw certain items. I don't know where they are. And if you don't have them, then you do not have the requisite component part to make a new item down the chain. And if you do not have that component part, everything further down the chain that depends upon this component part is out of reach forever. And why would you want that? Well, because when you forge something new at the blacksmith, it may become part of the shop inventory, so you can buy as many as you want. Or it may not. I don't know how it idea factory determined which things would become part of the shop inventory and which you would never be able to to get again unless you have the component parts and feel like doing all that menial work at the blacksmith over and over and I tried with Zero which has the identical inventory as the first game I can tell you that I have spent hours with this stupid inventory this stupid blacksmith this stupid adventurers guild and no it never gets any better What's, and it's not just making new items. No, the blacksmith can also enhance items. You can enhance them up to five levels. And what happens after you enhance something to five levels? Well, its stats get better, but also you can convert it into something new. 
And the game will never have a convenient way for you to just easily convert everything you want, so you have to go through it one by one. You cannot convert or enhance more than one thing at a time. You gotta do it hundreds of times. I hope you like being at the blacksmiths. That sounds like a lot of work, Mike. It is. But, you know, I mean... It's busy work, too. You know, I've but, had more fun at my job than I've had doing this. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, maybe that's how ventures really had to get along in fantasy times. Sure. The blacksmith conveniently forgets how to make something that he has made before, so you have to go out and get the constituent parts all over again, and the shop will never remember what the hell it is. Uh, I could slam this a lot harder, and I probably should. I should probably bust out my profanity because this inventory system absolutely deserves it. Oh, and the moves you use in combat! You get those through a similar process. Only you do that at the Adventurer's Guild, which also requires the necessary constituent parts. So far, every move that I have successfully made at the Adventurer's Guild actually gets added to the shop inventory, so you never have to do it again in there. But that assumes you have all the constituent parts, and if you don't, that move, which looks kind of interesting and might actually allow you to do different things in combat, you'll never get to use it. Too bad. It's not for you. Um... Also at the Adventurer's Guild, you get titles, where you just get free things for having done crap. You have just killed 20 rustic skeletons, 15 lizard men, 17 annoying giant squid, and 4 flying bats. Well, here, we're going to give you this move, this sword, and 50, po- 50 party points, because we like you. There are over 100 titles, and some of them just require you to go and do lots of arcane crap. You get a title for going into the smithy and doing something in there 2,000 times. Doesn't that sound awesome? Ooh. You get another title for getting into 1,500 total fights. Isn't that awesome? Wow. Oh, it's nice to award dedication. <laughs> I love... Some of these titles are similar to achievements you can get, and I love that the achievement guide actually recommends for the number of battles. Just fix your controller on auto, find an easy battle, and leave the machine on all night. That is its recommendation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what else? I tried something different in Zero than something that I never did in the first game. I captured a monster. Because you can capture monsters. And you can trade monsters for items. Of course, some of them are items that you can't get any other way. Maybe that's why I don't have the, the sword breaker or whatever that thing is that I'm missing. I didn't trade in the right monster. Oh. What shame. a shame. Shame on you. And of course, which monster is it? I'll never know unless I go out and catch all of them. Oh, and catching a monster, that's so much fun too. Because you can't just use the capture ability. Oh no, you have to get the monster to 1 HP. And there's, and that means using the merciful strike attack, which will bring it to 1 HP if the attack would otherwise kill it. If the attack wouldn't otherwise kill it, you will just do damage. And then you will get told, you must first weaken the monster to capture it. Oh, really? I'm glad you're here to tell me these things, game. Thank you. No, I can tell that it's clearly at 95% HP, but no, I didn't weaken it enough. Thanks, game. That's that's very helpful. Uh, you can buy marionettes of the characters who have died or and are no longer available. If you want just if you're just so sick of these new people who have joined you now, just go get a marionette of the people who are no longer with you and re-equip them. Uh, you can see how you're doing with all of the lovely ladies, or maybe that's only in zero. I I can't honestly the first game shows you that. Actually, I do, because it shows you what they think of you at all, at all dialogue points in the game. Stupid that way. Uh, yeah, that man is weird from a plot angle. 
Yeah, because not, not at all disturbing for the past generation to watching dead parents <laughs> and so forth. Yeah, you'd you'd think that these new heroes might freak out upon getting a chance to actually talk to the parents they've never seen, but no, that's this is just a mannequin of your dad. Ignore it. But again, we we already know that this completely wasted story potential. Oh yes. <laughs> um, what else can you do in Dead? You know, we a proper way to to anticipate how you will feel while messing with the inventory system of this game is to um, what was it you could do in in the original Final Fantasy 2 if you keep clicking onto a spell and then clicking out without actually doing it it counts as a confirmation so do that a lot so that you build up your spell levels and that will accurately reflect what it feels like to go into the shop of the blacksmith and keep enhancing things over and over and over again and then asking him to convert them it's about the same mentality only you actually have to pay attention to make sure that something you don't something currently equipped on a character that's really good you don't accidentally convert and then wind up making your character nude all of a sudden that would be that would be unfortunate because it will let you do that because it's a good game um shall we talk about the visuals phil well i already saw these pretty pictures Yes, you are looking at the character artwork, which you can see in the from the inventory menu whenever you want. Here, let's yeah, let's let's give you another battle image for a more representative of what the bulk of the game looks like. I'm not saying that it's ugly necessarily, but I will say that it gets really, really old, really, really fast. Ooh, hey, it's better than Cross Edge. <laughs> you're thinking hard wow. about that one. <laughs> you're, you're, you're really praising it, aren't you, Phil? Yeah. That's a faint praise. <laughs> uh, oh, and of course, I must show you this because this is what you will be seeing a lot as you listen to that stirring overworld theme that actually was still okay with me because uh, I was actually okay with the music. Yes. See all that, Phil? The blue dots are battles that you've already fought, so you don't need to fight them again. But the yellow ones, those are each a battle, and you must fight it. Ooh, extra content. Sure. Let's go with that. Uh, like I said, I actually do kind of like the music in this. There are a lot of battle themes, which is good, because you're going to be in combat a lot. And, um... You know, some of the voice acting is boring. Some of it's all right. That's all in Japanese, so you're going to need the subtitles in it. Ah... <sighs> Well, what else would you like to know, Phil? Hmm. I don't know. Sounds sounds pretty intriguing. It's just, it's just such a shame that my you know my backlog is already full because man, I, I'd be all over this. See, I I knew I convinced you. It's so. Maybe my problem is that I didn't just sit here for the entirety of the time that it took to beat, letting it brainwash me and letting the lack of sleep override my normal judgment faculties. Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know what to do about it. So so you sounded like this game has scarred you, or is that later Ragnarok War that really dug its teeth into you? I think it's been just long enough that I am able to talk about the first Agarest without screaming in rage. Oh, yeah, so this, this character is a general, by the way. Look at her. 
And the the thing is, like, when I read the box on this game and stuff or whatever, I mean, I remember reading about this game somewhere. Maybe it was a website or, you know, before the game actually was, you know, was out and stuff. It's a pretty picture. Um, yeah, once again, street clothing, but, you know, what are you going to do? It's Japanese. Um, <laughs> I swear, it's just... It's Japanese. That's your excuse. That's our excuse, right? Um, How about that? This is apparently the type of imagery that people love to search for agorist with. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, oh, that's a bad place for that to be. Oh, I think I'd be freaking that, out. That, whatever that is. I'm not it looks sure. like a spider to me. That does not look like a spider. It's a spider. It has, going... two, few, it has two few legs and... Well, because the other legs out. are down her crevice. <laughs> you know, you can't see all eight of them right there. They're, they're just kind I of... I would be able to see at least four. You know, I only see two. It's kind of working its way on down. You know, just, just working it. Sure. But you know it's Japanese. <laughs> totally there makes you go, there to- you go, Alex. You heard it here. Totally it's makes Japanese. it okay. <laughs> totally makes it a okay. Well, I suppose I could slam games more, but I will have the opportunity to slam on slightly similar fashion with Agarist Zero. Are we ready, Phil? <laughs> well, yeah, we could we could do that. A little Agarist Zero action, right? Ah, uh, can it get any better than this? I don't know. Actually, I actually, why don't we just take a little break to let the let the stress level settle back down and make sure we don't lose one, you know, a full hour of venting. And sure. uh, so we'll be right back after uh, these commercial messages. to talk about Record of Agoras War Zero developed by Idea Factory Bad Idea Factory and uh, on the PC by Laughing Jackal <laughs> released on PlayStation 3 Xbox 360 Microsoft Windows Android OS I, oh it's just everywhere you just can't get away from the record released in North America on the PlayStation 3 August 26, 2011 Xbox 360 June 14, 2011 so they got that, wait, no it's the same date okay uh, and then, and then the poor people, PC only gamers, had to wait all the way until April 17, 2014, to play this. This is a single player tactical RPG extravaganza. Well, again, I have to thank Ghostlight because I got this game. I tried to play it multiple times, and every time I got a black screen with absolutely nothing. So I finally got a t- got in touch with somebody at Ghostlight and got told. Here, update this thing, with because apparently the game was unable to play its Windows Media Player on uh, 
cutscenes at the beginning. That is what was cutting off. And yay, I was able to start playing Agarest Zero. Mm-hmm. And Alex, by playing Agarest Zero even a little bit, you know what the Agarest One experience is like for the most part because it copies almost everything wholesale. Very good. The battle system, identical. They even yeah, seem to reuse just about all of the moves. Same ones. Yeah, but I think those move names are actually common to most of Idea Factory's games. <laughs> they don't even look any different. Except for, yeah, we've got different sprites doing them now. All I'm trying to think. I may have seen two or three different sprites here. Otherwise, all the same enemies. Yay! Same featureless board for every battle. Yay! Yay! Same, same rotten awful inventory. Yay! Yay. And like a pause the enemies after about five hours. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yay! Oh, sorry. A <laughs> uh, little, little bit of a reflex there. Ah, but we have changed something. Instead of the explore, exploration points, you now have... I forget what it calls them. Uh, dungeons. They're dungeons. You go into a smaller world map, and instead of being able to escape the battles, if you could pass to the next screens fast enough, like in the first game, now it's just like the rest of the game. You Everything's see the... a battle. <laughs> Orange dots, battles. You must fight them to proceed. Yay! Yay! And then you'll find that fighting all of them still isn't enough to power you up. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Dang it, I threw everything at this enemy. I only killed one enemy and the rest of them are tearing me apart. That actually hasn't been my problem until the very end because I got some DLC with it. So I got lots of super-powered weapons that allowed me to shred everything. Yeah, I didn't get the DLC, so... Mm. I was doomed from the start. I'm sorry. Of course, I'm not sure what I can possibly say to anyone who's playing this game and that would be positive. Except uh, if you have lots of time in your life and you have nothing whatsoever to put it towards in any other way... This is a way to use up your time. I could pr- I could come up with millions of other ways to use your time that would be more useful, but this is a way. Yeah. Uh, ah, yes, you have something different. You have vacation days where your hero gets to Sakura Wars style chat with people very briefly around town, and ho- if he hobs up with the ladies, they'll feel better about him. If he meets up with a guy, then he'll get stuff out of it. And it goes fast, and these things are really weird, and eventually, um, yeah, they just, they just don't last long enough to be that memorable. Uh, I was going to say vacation days. You were kidding about these games being like work. They, they even have to give you some <laughs> time off or something. Yay. Oh. oh, yes, that elf girl I showed you earlier, the super pale one with the really big ears. Mm-hmm. She is actually memorable because she has this really weird relationship with her chicken. Mm. A chicken called Decimal that I watched this on a vacation day, or, no, I wa- I heard dialogue to this effect. She had gone shopping, and her chicken didn't like any of the clothes that she bought and tore them up. You've never heard that one before, right? Well, hmm. So, what's our plot here? Uh, you are playing... What's his face? Uh, I... Oh, it's German-sounding. Leonhard? I don't know. Uh, that's the last one. I know his son is Leonis, but... Oh, Sieg, Sieghardt, there we go. Yeah, it was Germanish. 
And he is pretty much a clone of Leonhart because he's just a really upstanding guy who is pretty clueless when it comes to women. And he gets his ass beat down hard by an enemy, and along comes a mysterious lady to give him power. There are differences, though. This mysterious lady immediately joins you, and having given her power away, seems to have the personality of a toddler. And, of course, that personality changes when the generational switch happens, and you don't see any of it, because that would have been interesting. And he gets the power and the plan to have this Mimel, Mimel, that's her name, to have her use her power to uh, strike down the barrier in the middle of the continent and end the war between light and dark that's been going on for a long time and you never see any of it. Well, that's undone now, so Seagard has to go do it. And how can he do it? By making a mystical artifact. And how do you make a mystical artifact? Through a fetch quest, of course. Uh fetch quest where you go to four different places. Yay! Yay! Everybody loves fetch quests. Everybody. You finally do it, you get the artifact made, and then you learn, um, crud, it's gonna take so long to make this thing that, oh, I don't think we're gonna be able to... Nope, you're, you're gonna have to use your power to uh, keep the balance somehow, kind of way. And you're gonna need to do it with a lady because that makes things stronger somehow. So you pick a lady... And the generation passes, so 17, 18 years later, you get the son, Leonis, who just really looks up to his dad, who he never knew, and he looks up to his mom, whom he never knew. And then, shocker, the people who looked evil all through the first generation turn out to be evil. Get out. And one of them transmogrifies into Summerill, the four-eyed thing, who is a servant of chaos, the god of chaos. And he wants to bring darkness down on the land, and he turns all the everybody he can into his servants, and they kill everybody, and you have to guard back. And you have to fight the servants of darkness a bunch of times before you can finally kill them, because uh, this is one of those games that likes to have winnable battles, but even once you win, everybody just goes, we can't do it. We tried so hard, but this guy, we just can't stop him. And then you have to run away through a tedious cutscene. That's another difference in this game. The cutscenes last longer and say less. Yay. What a, what a thrill. Yay. And here's another difference. The char- Instead of those not really mobile character models from the first one while the dialogue happens, now you get kind of pulsing character images that just look, they look off just enough to be in the uncanny valley for me. What, what was your thought on that, Alex? Yeah, people don't beef on that. <laughs> they don't. People's heads don't move quite like that without their necks seeming to move at all. That's creepy. Well, I think they're mostly focused on one part of the animation. Which is there, yes, but sometimes the dialogue is in the way. Sure, they didn't think that through. That's an Idea Factory trademark, I think. What else? I think there are a few new music tracks, but most of it copied wholesale from the first game. Enemies copied wholesale, inventory copied wholesale, moves copied wholesale, battlegrounds copied wholesale. Uh, what is the original aside from the story? Which, oh yes, Mimo, late in the in the game, takes her artifacts away from you because she's evil. But she's not entirely evil. No, she's she splits in half, and her evil half pops out as Mila. And since I just encountered this plot point, I cannot help but remember it. Everyone is shocked, shocked that her real name is Minelia. Not Mimo, which I swear is like somebody going, being astonished that a fellow who goes by Frank is actually Frank Lynn. What? 
I never guessed that. It's apparent. It's apparently a super shocking evil name. I don't. If I hadn't just encountered it, I would have forgotten this stupid plot point. But it's there, and it took twenty minutes to resolve, so it's stuck in my brain for now. <laughs> um, what else? Oh yes, I finally am fighting Mila, who is actually the hardest thing I've fought in the game so far. And she kicked my butt a couple of times, and now I have to go back and see if I really, really want to fight her so that I can give this game such a wonderful review. As you can tell, I feel so strongly about it in nothing but positive terms. Yay. Yeah, there's not there's not a whole lot extra to say about Zero, except that it copies almost everything from the first game, and what it doesn't is done badly. There. Okay. Did um, one or Zero have Bath House mini games? Or is that an exclusive edition to two, which we can talk about later? <laughs> I'm not remembering any. I've gone through the whole thing, so yeah. Okay, I there. think I don't, I don't think they're there to find. Yeah, okay. I think it's the edition to two to help with the relationship stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'll, the vacation day and the occasional uh, choices, which of course make absolutely no sense. Um, here, I I am going to ask this character to stay behind, which will of course influence how every lady thinks of you. I in unpredictable ways because I don't get it. And again, if you don't answer the questions in a certain way, no true ending for you. Oh uh, my, I'm, I'm so sad. Uh, but yeah, the vacation days are the closest to any kind of action or minigame stuff that I have found in the thing. Everybody likes a vacation. It might be thinking about vacations. <laughs> <laughs> a vacation from Agarest? That would be nice. Yeah. All right, yeah, I I just can't talk about Agarist Zero as much as I can the first game because I've already said it. Hmm. Well, that sounds equally, if not more, painful, Mister uh, Mister Mister Fuller. You don't have anything else? Uh, no, as Mike said, it's basically covered all of it in the first one, and it's mostly all awful. Hmm. Yeah, you you gave up on this about five hours in, and I can't really say I blame you. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I think I was in the first dungeon, first or second dungeon, and I got to the point where I realised that I'm going to have to grind for about sixty hours in this game. Well, I don't want to do that. Yep. Well, I'm excited because y'all are starting to bring me down just a tad, just just a little bit. But I'm excited now because now we're ready to talk about Record of Agoras War Two, and and I'm excited. I'll tell you why in a minute. After I mention that this one is developed by Bad Idea Factory and the Laughing Jackal on the PC, and Make You Red with Anger Entertainment, released in North America by Axis Systems on the PlayStation Three and Microsoft Windows in North America on June 26, 2012, for PlayStation Three, and February 19, 2015, for Microsoft Windows. This is a single-player tactical RPG experience. Experience. And looking at the wiki, I'm, I'm excited because the wiki page says that there is a huge list of improvements. You're up, oh, yes. Alex. It, yeah, well, it basically says a lot for the previous games that you can say the game is a massive improvement all round and still basic below average. What? I mean, the first game was like a four out of five. I mean, how, how do you... How, I, there's not a lot of room left you're, there. You're just looking at the the people who chimed in on my review and never chimed in on our forums again, aren't you? Uh, well, yeah. They, they, their opinion counts. Yeah, well, well, I think we'll start with the similarity stuff because, I mean, it still has much the same issue in terms of plot, story, etc. There's, yeah, you've got generic bad stuff happening... There's some evil god. We're supposed to kill it. To do so requires various fetch quests, etc. 
You've and got all the, and the, it can't be done in one generation, right? Oh, no, yeah, you've got the old generation thing. There are three generations this time around. Nice. As opposed to the five and two of the last, last two games, so I guess they decided that was a... Somewhere in the middle was a good point. And let me guess, there is no development of anything between the generations. We're just left to fill it in our, on our own, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, you start you start off with Wise, who's the yeah, generic hero, I think probably much in the vein of the first-generation heroes of the other two games. Then you move on to the complete jackass, <laughs> who is his son, and then you talk on to the really depressed guy who is determined to fulfil his duty. That but, sounds yeah, about no, right. Yeah, no real character development, not even for the, char- the few characters that actually last stick around the entire game. So Yeah, there are... There actually are a couple of characters who look different and apparently did have development between the generations in Zero, but I don't know exactly what happened because the game didn't tell me. Yeah, there was one character who got d- development in a visual sense, but not exactly any personality-wise. Yeah, even the ones who are supposed to be human, which, you know, 17, 18 years, you'll look different after that span of time. Yeah. Well, actually, they did do that on the human characters, and I'll give them that much. Yeah, well, humans, yeah. humans know, finally well, get older. Well, technically, he got some character development because he, he moved on from his usual thing to his usual thing, plus complaining he's now getting old. <laughs> well, that that's all we need. That's that's a rich, deep character right there. Well, in terms of the series, yes. So, yeah, you got all that stuff. I mean, I'm trying to remember the inventory system. I think it might be similar, just in terms of the basic ideas but with a lot of more shortcuts and things like that so you know less of an absolute pain to upgrade stuff you can actually do that relatively quickly hmm. so yeah, relatively big advantage, yeah big advantage there uh, yeah, are you still are you still out of luck if you manage to whisk one component part somewhere that you can only get from a certain enemy that you'll never see again um, not so much I think you actually get more movement because this one had a world map you could walk around Whoa! I oh, know, amazing. Not not dots marking mandatory battles at every juncture. Not in the world map. I think it did have that for the dungeons, but less of oh. an issue to actually wander around the place. Wow! Yeah, excitement. Well, heck, if it means that you spend, if it means you actually get to do something instead of move to the dot and get into the same fight over again, then that's that is an improvement. Yeah, I think the yeah we've yeah still got the graphical stuff, so we've got the breathing bit all over. It's, I think slightly improved from Aggressivo, and they did at least rather revamp all the sprites. So, I mean, yeah, the sprites and stuff look pretty neat in this one at least. Wait, Idea Factory used actual effort? That's not like the company. I know, yeah. But yes, the big change was the complete revamp of the battle system. So much so that I'm not sure you can actually. It actually gets described as tactical anymore. So, what? what is it now? Is it like a JRPG feel it's... to it? But it's more outright turn-based. I think effectively it does away with... Well, it changes the entire move phase into basically one quick one quick action. So rather than, rather than the grid-based system, you are now divided into two sides. Mm-hmm. And it will... You assign a leader to your party of four, and they will automatically go into the sort of ideal formation that you, had to, manu- that you had to maneuver them into, into in zero and one. So it's from six down to four characters at a time? Yeah, six down to four, but yeah, you've got the... No having to faff around with movement, you're basically just sort of attacking... You're doing the massive combos each time, 
quite handy unless someone's happened to have died, in which case they're useless <laughs> for a turn. But now I watched not... a, I watched a little bit of this. Uh, it is possible to get somebody stuck on the other side, right? I didn't manage to do that. Okay. Maybe the people on YouTube just stink at their job. I don't know. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me if it was possible. This being an idea factory game. <laughs> yes. But yes, the uh, battle system is a hell of a lot more fun because it is so much quicker. That's not hard. God. The also have advantage is they completely retooled the difficulty as well. So there is a very, very welcome easy mode that is actually easy. Yeah. Well, it was either normal or easy in the first game. Starts out that way, but of course the balance just gets forgotten about. Yeah, I mean, this one actually seems to have some balance on the. Well, the, the easy mode is easy and possible to get through without wanting to kill everything <laughs> and having to grind, so. Well, that's. I'm not used to that. Yeah, so you can actually play it without wanting to kill. Do you still have to overkill in order to get stuff? Yeah, you still it... yeah you still do that, but obviously if you play on easy, that's a lot easier on this one. So, <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's still got all the various things like that. The yeah, the achievement system, I think all that still exists. Various things like that. So you got, I mean, a lot of it is based on the other thing, but it, it just all has been actually improved rather than simply reused as it was in zero. Well, that's good to hear. So that, that Idea Factory actually learned something. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think this was pretty much the watershed for Idea Factory starting to make half decent games. And notably, the only other Agarest game we've gotten since is that thing on the PSP that's what a visual novel. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, not been localized. Never will be. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah Compo yeah, Com Heart have moved on to the the Neptunia series. Seems to be their forte now. And we get a new Neptunia game every month and a half. Looks like. Yeah. But, Pretty much. I think that probably helps their writers as well, because they don't have to write anything serious for those. And I think as we've established in the Ego series, serious stuff is not their forte. No, but then again, I think either the localization was off, or I never noticed, but I'm sure there were some intended comedic moments in these games that I just didn't laugh at, because the joke, the telling was that bad. Oh, yes, that's true. Yeah, there, were, there are the requisite JRPG light-hearted scenes. Like I like I said, I think it's supposed to be funny that she has a chicken which tore up all the clothes she just bought. And I guess somebody could laugh at that. Especially if you actually saw it happening instead of just hearing the actress exclaiming and hearing sound effects from somebody trying to be a chicken. Which is, of course, much cheaper than getting an actual chicken sound effect, I think. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. And most of the scenes in this game do contribute the same level of importance to the plot as that scene. <laughs> Are there still a lot of we must help King Salamandi protect his land? He has two thousand soldiers over here, another five thousand over there, and we've got our three thousand fresh soldiers. And here come fifteen thousand enemies. How are we going to how are we going to deal with this? Yeah, sort of like it's mostly just involved going around killing demons. <laughs> so okay. yes, you just got to help. Yeah, the king requests your help in killing demons, so we'll go kill demons, and that apparently contributes to the overall plot. Well, every dead demon. Changes the world somehow. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. Eventually, you kill enough demons to find a MacGuffin somewhere, <laughs> and then progress. Hey, let's see. Do we have any fresh music? Ah! Uh oh. Do we have any what? fresh music in this one? I believe so. I didn't. I think it was. I found it to be better than what I'd heard in Zero as well. So the music at least sort of remained 
decent. So. Yeah, I, can, I can't remember his name right now. It might be Kenji Kaneko, something like that. But yeah, I find, that sounds right. I find he's a better composer than Idea Factory deserves. <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, yeah, as you say about the plot, yeah, this is complete... Like, the battle system is completely fresh. This is a sort of a fresh start to the series, so it's not directly connected to the other Tiago series, but they did use their weird mythology still, so I think I think the name Samuel crops up as a dark god and so forth, so a lot of the god names are the same. Is chaos in there somewhere? Oh yeah, there's lots of chaos stuff. They're not chaos. I can't remember his exact role, but yeah. Isn't that a great thing to put on your soundtrack CD, Phil? Look at that. Hmm. I think we need a nice cover for that. Uh, whoa! Wow! Wow! <laughs> that, uh, whoa! Baby got a lot of ass! Wow! <laughs> whoa! That, uh, that, that, yeah, hmm. Uh, that's one of the special event CGs that you get. It's one of those special land you in HR if your coworker catches you with it deals. That's what that is. Shoot. <laughs> I know a trip to HR when I see it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the scenes in the first game which are just there to reward you for finding well, reward in a certain sense of the word for finding a side event yeah yeah. yeah you get them in two as well but yeah as I mentioned before two also introduces the bathhouse minigames oh my that sounds incredibly tasteful and family friendly oh yes wholesome wholesome family fun but yeah so you can probably guess this already but yeah you basically the uh, protagonist gets to go into into the bathhouse with one of his uh, potential companions and then there's a mini game involving massages which is Quite what the rough heck? in the to be perfectly honest. Why, why am I getting Final Fantasy X-2 flashbacks all of a sudden? What can I do for you? I'm thinking of the uh, the point where they're massaging what, what's her face? Uh, LeBlanc for some reason and she kept saying, oh, that's nice. Ooh, more. Uh, yeah, not quite any of that. It's more the, it's the usual. Just the... A bit, yeah, fair bit of moaning in there, so... From a hero who is clueless when it comes to women, so he has no idea that this might be taken the wrong way, right? No, I think it's maybe a lot more explicit in this game that this is what's happening. <laughs> you don't get, yeah, you don't get a choice in the matter. You have to pick one right. at some point. You get to be a stalker, yay! Yeah. Well, now but we yeah, now we know the answer. To, now, now we know the answer to the question: What can I do for you? <laughs> I thought you already knew that answer. Oh boy! Little did I, little did I know. See, Phil, you learn something every time we do this. See, yep. So yes, well, vastly the most superior of the Agress games. Not difficult. Yes. <laughs> yeah, as, as I said, vastly the most best of this game. Still, generally a below average RPG overall. So. Uh... Even with all, I mean, there's like a list of like 17 bullet points here on Wikipedia uh, of of the improvements, 17 points, and and you're saying it's a uh, it's below average. That's what yep. I heard. Mm-mm-mm. Well, the series is on an uptrend. It's on an uptrend. So of course it stopped there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hmm. Well, so so I mean, you, you did, at least you didn't experience the level of pain Mike experienced, though. Oh no, yeah, I started to escape from that quickly. So. Yes, you may have noticed that he did not stick long with zero because 
that that number proved an accurate representation of the enjoyment he was deriving. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're getting some static there from Alex. We'll get him back. And like I said, it's a shame because I was looking. I think I got you know interrupted or I tripped off there, but. I was start. I, I was looking at the boxes or previews or whatever, and it seems like legitimately it's interesting. And they're selling this as a th- like a three pack or something, you know. And it's like, wow, three games in one, and it's tactical RPG goodness. Hook me up. And you look at these things and wonder where is all the disc space going for these games? Just to look at them, you wouldn't think they'd take up that much room, would you? The the ten twelve gigs that they seem to. Whoa, 12 gigs? Those graphics don't seem like 10 to 12 gig graphics. Not in my experience, but obviously I don't know all the programming ins and outs that Idea Factory does. Must be all those high-resolution uh, pictures they're putting in. Well, it gives you over 100 hours of content. Oh, yeah, that's true. Very true. Alex has a point. <laughs> Repetitive content. Uh, shoot. Yeah, clearly all fresh content. <laughs> So, uh... You get, you get to go down that path that you were actually able to avoid and fight those extra six battles, and you will probably find that it leads to absolutely nothing except another means of getting to the mandatory plot point. Don't you feel off awesome? Yay! I I just, uh, boy... Uh, so, so, so... Despite the fact that on paper this sounds like this should be, like, a at least a four out of five... You guys sound like you're trying to steer people away from these hidden gems. So I guess I don't need to do a price roundup, right? Uh, so you can get you can get you can get uh, these games: uh, Agarest Generations of War Zero, Agarest Generations of War Two, Agarest Generations of War uh, on Steam. Oh, I forgot the oh. wonderful part about the inventory. How every now and then when you're trying to craft something, the blacksmith will get it wrong. And especially if it was something that you only are able to create once, it's gone forever. <laughs> so Isn't you, that awesome? Do you need to save scum? Is that what you're saying? You probably should unless you... There's an achievement for having the blacksmith do that once. So just let him do that once and then never let it happen again because it's a waste. Ooh. Um... So here's what's really interesting, Mike. So the, the Agris games are between fifteen and twenty dollars on Steam, or of course you can wait for a Steam sale. What's really cool though is you can get like the Aggeration Generation of War with all the DLC, and your price can quickly climb up into the, the triple digits. But here's what's super, 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 super interesting: Agarist of War has a seventy-six percent positive score on Steam. Now. I would like you to do that a little survey here, Phil, and find out how many people who have rated it thusly played a significant amount, or if people just played an hour or so and said, this is great, and then never touched it again. But listen to this, though. Agoras War Zero, 77%. Ag- Same thing. Well, it's 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 one point higher. <laughs> And, and based, even, based on how many people doing the, the score input? Uh, like uh, several hundred. Agoras War 2, which y'all are saying at least is a little better the way, you know, piss water is better than drinking acid, is <laughs> is a 69%. It's gone down. Alex, I think we're hearing the people on Steam may not be the best source of good game information. Well, either that or all the spot piece on Steam 
have read the reviews of the game and just avoid it entirely? Uh, you know, just, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, they guys. Should, they should at least have had plenty of warning. Yes, no one, no one go into these games and then say, but I thought it would be good. I will disavow any knowledge of you if that is your claim. Agorist uh, on Metacritic. Agorist Generation of War, 45. Agorist, uh, Record of Agorist War, 0, 50. And uh, Record of Agorist War 2, 56. They're all bad. But they actually get, at least Agorist War 2 is scored a little better there. Um, again, it's, you know, in Metacritic, a 50 means you're really, really bad. I mean, hell, a, you know, you need an 80 just to be average. So, uh, anywho, if you want to, but of course, our listeners... And of course, we somehow suspect that most of those Metacritic ratings are not for people who bothered to finish it, maybe got midway through the first generation and then set it down because, let's face it, if you're a game reviewer being paid for that, you have to move on to everything as quickly as possible. Mike, what what score did you give the first one? What is the number between 0 and 2? The whole number. Um, one? Ding, 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 ding! Which is the lowest score we're allowed to give something on RPA. We don't give zeros and 0.5s, unfortunately. Uh, so, and again, you know, RP Gamer, I'm going to get into a little meta theory talk here, but it's, 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 you know, uh, it, it's interesting because it's like a one out of, you give it a one out of five, you give it the low score, you can't because you have to play and suffer the entire thing. Um, you know, the, the Metacritic people, I think they think it was bad too. I'm sure if you read the text, I'm sure they will tell you it wasn't average. It was stinky bad. But they give it a 50 out of 100, like in the middle, it sounds like an average score to me. So that's where that right, inflation... Except, except if you're familiar with RPG Fan or any other site that doesn't use the whole scoring rubric like we do, then you know. Mm-hmm. Once you get below, say, I don't know, 77 or so, then you're not good anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoot. Uh, if you want to get the game on the PlayStation or the Xbox, it's about the same price. Because I know our listeners demand the best. Are there still any fancy editions with the mouse mat? Oh no! Uh, let's see here. Which which one was that? Are you, are you going to get that for your workplace now, Phil? Uh, I wonder if I can find that. Or I guess if I collect, is it the collector's edition? The oh, collector's are limited. Yeah. Oh, limited. Okay. Limited. Well, one two. Uh, let's see the really naughty edition, which is what. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that's what it's called. It's called Record of Agris War, the really naughty limited edition for the Microsoft Xbox 360. And uh we got uh we got somebody selling it for $186.46. Great value. Yeah, now you can buy from this other dude for only $75, but you know, that's that's way too low of a price. This thing deserves more. Holy cow, did you guys <laughs> see the cover? The cover to this? Yeah, just I think I remember the cover. Yeah, that's um that's original. Here, have one more character image. This lady is a harpy, which means absolutely nothing because flying has no use on the battlefield ex- whatsoever, but check her outfit. Oh, she's the cutest little harpy I've ever seen. Look at that. Harpies are supposed to be disgusting and ugly and evil, they're evil <laughs> creatures. Gosh, don't these guys know their RPG tropes? Yeah, she, uh, she she's definitely sporting the midriff there. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. And I'm, I'm not even sure if she's wearing 
What if where are those bands of the same color be lower than her shorts? I don't get it. Uh, anywho, uh, <laughs> we're wrap this up. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the blast from the recent past, and I'm very tempted to do uh, Mugen Soul C <laughs> because you know the pain maybe just hasn't been enough so far. <laughs> but I think we'll uh, we'll take a break and just jump right into the uh, blast from the recent well, past. Unless you're dying to talk Mugen Souls. Well, we don't have Trent, and we don't have Mr. Apps to say that he has successfully dodged all the people trying to give it to him, so um, it gets harder. I just, uh, yeah, yeah, hmm. Yeah. We'll have to have, well, I'm sure we'll be doing that in a future, future, painful future, <laughs> future backtrack. Um, shoot. Uh, I will do a quick shot. I won't do like a full separate segment on it, but looking at this list, um, uh, transistors on that list. And if for some odd reason you didn't pick that up or something, it's a, it's a really good game made by the same people who brought you, uh, Bastion and it, it's got some really cool mechanics on it. And my friends who played it is, you know, have enjoyed it. Uh, I won't go into details because I don't know the details. I haven't played the game, but, um, I, I can tell you from good authority and our own Adrian Denaldin gave it a four out of five. And considering it's not a tales game, that's high praise, um, <laughs> for him to give a non tales game a four out of five. So, uh, you can check out the review at rpgamer.com. Just, uh, look up transistor and you can read all of his details there. And then if you haven't already bought it, add it to your GOG or steam wish list. Uh, we're and at, I, I can chime in to say that the Denpa Men 3, The Rise of Digital, I did not like at all. So avoid that one. Unless you like games that require you to seek out unique wireless signatures in order to recruit new characters. Hmm, yeah. I found that doing this in public, spinning the, three, the 3DS around, trying to catch things in real time before they go away, is not necessarily the best use of precious wireless time spent away from home. But your mileage may vary. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, hmm. Hmm. We're going to take a... For some reason, I felt like I was supposed to say something right there. It's just the choo-choo train has just run off. So we're going to take a... Did you, in fact, buy Guard 3 and you want to talk about it now? Yeah, no. Um, (laughs) No, no. I watched watched, um, some Let's Plays of Guard 3, and I kind of felt like I got everything I wanted to get out of the game just by watching people play it. And I feel like I've had the the full experience i'm done with it now so for better take that okay we're gonna be right back after after this
the final lap where we read your comments and questions and everything else right here on the air. Boom. We got rid of somebody else who's... Well, Alex is eight hours ahead of me and seven hours ahead of you, so just imagine how much sleep he wants right now. Yeah. So, our last episode was 165 Lunar Excursion, and we talked about Lunar Games, or Lunar Game. The the first Lunar in all its incarnations, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And Boudet says, thankfully, I replayed this game a few months months ago, and it's still as charming as ever. Did you mention which version you played? I can't remember. Hmm. Because that does make a difference. Yeah. Doesn't look like he did. And then Flamethrower decided to chime in with some TV tropes that I will not click on, and I do not read TV tropes. I do not thank you for this, Flamethrower. Go away. (laughs) Um, Yeah, not super sure what the point of that post is without trying to click on and read through lots of long posts, which I don't want to read. Um, That that seems to be Flamethrower's way. Well, he's wanting to start Flame Wars. Uh, Victor says, according to Wikipedia, the PSP version of Lunar has a little more story content, which makes for the better first-time Lunar experience. The working design's translation of the original or the added story material of the remake. I'll also mention that the first Lunar game is somewhat notorious for its missable items, mostly the pretty bromide picture. Players who must have absolutely everything will need to check an FAQ ants. Probably true. I I don't remember any version... I don't remember in the versions I played a whole bunch. Well, there were a whole bunch of cards in Lunar Legend, but uh, they didn't do anything, so I didn't really care when I missed them. It made no difference. Boudet says the PS1 version of the game, which was the only one he played, was actually not that easy. Um, Cypher says... You read Cypher. Holy buckets, Shannon seems super knowledgeable. Cool to have new people on. Unfortunately for me, this was one game I couldn't even get through, but again, it was nice to hear everyone on this uh, well, speaking of a different take, Flamethrower comes back and says, What was hard about it, Budai? It's hard to avoid grinding if you can't avoid battles, and if you grind, the bosses are challenging, but not overly difficult, even the final boss. You know what's one person easy as another person's hard? That's true. Some people are terrible at certain kinds of games and great at others. I'm not much for puzzle games, but I know people who can whip through them super fast. Or, uh, you know, I tried Super Ghouls and Ghosts. I didn't get very far. That's just not a kind of, the kind of game that I find easy at all, nor that I find it enjoyable, but lots of people do. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, so, you too can leave uh, your comments on the forums over at rpgamer.com. Just click on the message forum link, and we'd love to hear from you. You could also tweet us. At JC Sir, Mr. Minky is at Jumason, S Y N. We can also email, write messages. Uh, whew. yeah. Later, later, later. <laughs> I was just saying if there was someone I forgot. I, I got some tweets, but it was a whole bunch of non RPG backtrack related uh, stuff. So, yeah, use the hashtag. If you use the hashtag RPG backtrack, <laughs> that makes it a lot easier, by the way, to find your messages in the sea of messages that I get. Of course, if you just look for hashtag RPG backcheck right now, all it does is pull up all of my messages because no one's using the hashtag like they're supposed to be. <laughs> are, you, are you trying to lead the people to water, Phil? Well, I'm just saying, read your comments, be helpful because people send me messages and just gets lost in the sea of everything else that I talk about. So, huh. I'm a big tweeter fan. Tweet, tweet, tweet. What are you a fan of, Mike, the last couple of weeks? <laughs> 
Um, see what's up. I'm actually yeah. a fan of seeing Purple Rain in the theater. That was interesting. Purple Rain, Purple Rain. Sorry. He does sing that. Nice. It, it is the Prince movie. As you may or may not have noticed, Phil, Prince died recently. Get out. What, really? Seriously? Why doesn't nobody you, tell me these things? You didn't notice that? Yeah, he's dead. Damn it, man. All the bright stars are being snuffed out, Mike. Prince made some pretty damn good music, you gotta say. Yeah, I know. I had never seen Purple Rain and seeing it in the theater with a whole bunch of people who know more or less what was going on. That's not necessarily the way to see it for the first time, but it was interesting. And it was very interesting that when people spontaneously whipped out their lighters and started waving them around during the Purple Rain performance. Oh, that's funny. And then had to be shushed by the theater volunteers because that is a definite fire hazard. <laughs> Heck, even my aunts, who don't normally go out to movies at night, on a, even on a weekend, they went with me. And they had, well, both of them had seen it before and were among the, the crowd, ooing and awing when Prince did something Prince-like. You know, wearing the puffy shirts, getting all the getting his goofy his hair his gigantic puffy jacket mm-hmm. well Sweet. prince was a, prince was a very interesting guy uh what else oh yes it, it somehow tangentially relates to the main event i put up a review recently you may have seen it phil does that sound familiar at all a little bit you should look on the site, and, and maybe you'll see something there no, something... all i saw was this horrible review of alkiri chronicles remastered no, I think that's even more recent. You, <laughs> you, you want this thing, this review, Agarest, Generations of War Zero. Yeah, I know. I saw it, but I was a little disappointed because I only saw three replies so far. I, I figured this was going to open up the, 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 the gates of H-E-double-L. I guess the GameFAQs people who just love it to death haven't showed up yet. Um, I don't. I don't know what we can do about that. And... Yes, obviously the fact that I reviewed it means that I did beat it. I came up with a method of just deciding to w- unload on this stupid lady first thing and that beat her. And because I didn't have the true end car- qualities met, guess what? I got a thoroughly unsatisfying end where the hero of the second generation, um, he dies or something because he's up in the sky and he's meeting his dad along with the three ladies who could have been his mom. Idea Factory was too cheap to program three versions of this, so they just here have all three of them show up and have a line because that's much easier to program. And uh, the, the great evil that was sweeping the continent, uh, that's just forgotten. We're, dang it, we've, we've done a good job, everybody. We can all go home now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess that's why you're supposed to go for the true ending, because the non-true ending is garbage in an Idea Factory game, but I'm not replaying it to go for the true end. Sorry. <laughs> Gotta oh, have the boy. true ending, Mike. Come on now. Do it. Do it. No. Do it. Do it. Phil, I will... Here is why... Here is how I would do it. If I was paid, and not minuscule amounts either, I would be compensated on an hourly basis if I went back for that true ending. So, of course, nobody's going to take me up on that because the stupid thing will take over 40 hours and nobody's going to pay me what my time is worth for this. Anyway. Surprisingly enough, I wasn't too kind to it in my review. Can you believe that? Well, well, I noticed you gave visuals a two. Did you give an extra point because of the extra big uh, bosoms or... The extra interesting outfits, or lack thereof. I gave it 
let more than a one because the visuals did not assault my eyes with jagged evilness that made me avert my gaze and scream into the night. Although I suppose, did I give the visuals in Grandstream Saga a one? I can't remember. Hmm. Because you certainly seem to have nightmares because of those. Yeah. And again, it was it was early PS One three D, so that's entirely justifiable. Hmm. Anyway, that was my major standard. That yes, that since the visuals did not make my eyes bleed, they could have been worse. You like that criterion? They could have been worse. There, that, that's my criterion. Uh, what else? Well, did I put up the? I don't think I'd put up the the Longrisser reincarnation Tensei review, and or had I? I don't know. It's up. It also has very few replies, and one of them seems to be from a person who doesn't who found my constant references to the rest of the series confusing. No one else told me that, so I think it's all in your head, I mercenary, but uh, that could just be me. And all the other people who looked at it and had no problems. <laughs> uh, Stranger of Sword City. Oh, yeah. You've been making some more progress on that one? Sort of. Is it a stranger? It's a stranger to all of us. Okay, yeah. cool. I... I made progress, I reached a boss, the boss beat me up, and that means I need to go grind a bit for equipment or levels. <laughs> More so, grinding. Yeah, I'm sure someone is going to tell me that I don't have to grind, but actually I kind of do if I want the equipment, because equipment is obtained by ambushing enemies and fighting them to get it. So, also, levels don't come quickly in this game so uh, it's going to be a little while no I mean even in Demon Gaze which is considered a lot easier of a game I mean I've been working my way through that one just slowly here and there and it's yeah I mean levels don't oh, no, dude there's a lot of grinding and I mean in Demon Gaze if you hold a button down the battles go relatively quickly but dang nab it's like waiting forever for, for some leveling up action to happen there shoot yeah, Stranger of Sword City has this function where you can just have all the actions occur almost instantaneously. And then, if something important happened and you need to know exactly what happened, then you have to go- hit select and bring up the log of all the actions and go back through it and look and see what, what just took place. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to do it that way, then it's that old style. You have to click to proceed every time something happens in a battle. And I just don't need that anymore. Because <laughs> these, you have six people on your team. There tend to be a lot of enemies. There's a lot of missing. I don't need to click every time to confirm that, yes, I saw someone hit for five damage and the enemy missed me. But you got to do it or else you can't see things gradually. Hmm. Uh, I dipped back into Borderlands, the pre-sequel, a little bit. Yeah, kind of, I saw you. I saw you dipping your toe in there when I was uh, logged into Steam for a wee bit. Probably because I have fun with that game. It's nice playing games that are just fun. That's that's been a th- reoccurring theme for me. <laughs> no, and seriously, like somewhere along the way, I just got. By the way, well, I'll talk more when it's my turn. But I, I yeah, yeah, we we somehow we've gotten away from that. I think sometimes we do. I mean, especially after talking about Agoras Wars for like, it just it gets me in this dark spot. All I have, to, all you have to do too, Phil, is just think. Idea Factory has existed since 1994. Who keeps buying Idea Factory's wares to keep that company in business? How is this still happening? Yeah, somebody. Uh, 
I guess I'll mention executive action just because it's a really weird. Phil, did you know that if JFK hadn't been killed, his brother was going to take over after him as president, then Ted was going to take after, over after him as president, and the Kennedys were just going to exchange cabinet posts and make a dynasty that would last generations? Huh. Well, that's interesting. And so a whole bunch of sneaky men in the shadows just had to make sure that didn't happen by ensuring that this guy ended up dead. And oh. there, there's a wonderful conversation in here where they talk about how only the undesirable peoples of the world are breeding. So we've got to make sure that we euthanize all the people of color around the world so that only the good people are left. Ooh, there's an actual conversation about that. That sounds politically incorrect, Mr. Minky. I'm not saying it's politically correct. <laughs> I'm saying it's freaking weird to hear Burt Lancaster and Robert Ryan talk about that stuff because, wow. And yes, you get actual newsreel footage of Kennedy talking to make the case that these guys were to be on the side of civil rights eventually. <gasps> and yeah, as a thriller, it, it doesn't really work because you know, hey, did you know this, Phil? JFK ended up dead. I bet you didn't know that. Well, I had no idea. When did that happen? Was that was that around the time when Prince got kicked? You know, killed. I think Prince was about five when JFK got killed. Okay, that's understandable. Prince, JFK—they're so similar in so many ways. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. One was from Minnesota. One was from Massachusetts. They almost sounded alike too. Mm-hmm. Believe that. Uh, I think that's about all I've got. Well, I just finished. I listened to numerous uh, audiobooks, you know, uh, here and there and everywhere. And I just got through with uh, this one about uh, Mario. Uh, I forget the exact title. I guess I should look it up. That'd be probably helpful for our listeners or something like that. I'll do that. But anywho, it, 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 it's a very good listen. I, I'm a big fan of audiobooks. I probably mentioned that before. Have I mentioned that before, Mike? You may have, but that one actually hasn't come up much. No, not to Mario one, but yeah, audiobooks, by the way, boys and girls, very big fan of it. Uh, just uh, audible.com is run by Amazon, and 15 bucks a month, they give you a credit that can be used on any book. They have regular sales where, especially if you're a member, where you can get books for a few bucks. If you already own the Amazon book, if you're one of those people, like certain people in my family, who buy a lot of Amazon books but don't actually get around to reading them, I don't know. Um, it's like their reading backlog. It's like worse than a video game backlog. Well, you can usually get the audio version version for a steep discount so i get some good books that way too because you know somebody else in this household already owns it somewhere on a kindle anywho uh let me see if i can find the name but i i got i just finished up a finish up a book it's called super mario how nintendo conquered america it's eight hours it's a great listen it takes you through a lot of nintendo's history he's the ups uh, you know being like the nes the down being like uh the gamecube yeah <laughs> uh, uh, is the GameCube really more of a down than the N64? <laughs> well, it's... Uh, it's it kind of, well, you're right. I guess the N64, it kind of seemed like they were both a little bit of a downers. But then I guess when the GameCube was out, then the, the Game Boy Advance and the DS were really helping to pick up a lot of that slack for them. Uh, but you could definitely see the struggle. But then the Wii comes out, and it's really funny how and this guy's right because it's re he was talking about... This was written like three or four years ago, so the information isn't... Actually, twenty oh gosh, five years ago almost. So, so the, the Wii U was not out yet, and he didn't have a new downswing. To talk he didn't about. have a downswing, but he leaves on this upswing about how awesome the Wii is, but how it's so awesome that the other companies never mentioned it. Like Sony will get up there and say the PlayStation Three is the number one selling or you know number two selling console, but uh, you know 
number one behind the only number two behind only the PlayStation Two, right? Like the PlayStation so awesome. Was like, wait a minute, no, we actually beat it. <laughs> you know, I think at least the PlayStation Three definitely beat the PlayStation Three. It's more we sold in PlayStation Three and Xboxes together. But when their competitors talk about their systems, they they never compare with the Wii because they're like, oh, that's not our competition. That that's for the casual people, you know. <laughs> but they sold a crap ton of them, and so that had me feeling really good. And the DS has been, you know, was doing really well, and he was just starting to get into the 3DS. Uh, you know, I guess when he was wrapping this up, and it's um and as we all now know after they did the price cut everything the 3ds has picked back up steam and 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 i'm sure it's making them profit by now but it's a nintendo handheld system well has it struggled there ever at first been a nintendo handheld system that didn't make a, a profit no well uh, yeah i guess they sell them to where well they still have to sell so many of them before they can cover their overhead right even if each individual unit is profitable you you have to figure out the overhead and pay that back eventually I think there was concern at the beginning. That's why they dropped that price so fast because I was one of those early adopters. And uh, and now I got a bunch of free games because of it. I love my 3S. But uh, yeah, he, it's very super interesting to listen to. However, it, it ended on a sad note, Mike. And it was uh-huh. a sad note that I wasn't expecting, especially since he wasn't covering the Wii U because I was expecting that sad note. I've got a Wii U. It is sad. Uh, it is good for the first party games. I mean, there's at least, I got seven, eight games on it. And if I'm not clowning the stuff from the download shop, just what I bought on disc and six of them are Nintendo first party games. <laughs> yeah, Just <laughs> not any third party support for that machine at all. Unlike the original Wii, which had shovelware all over the shelves. But re- uh, actually, I don't think I have that many more games for the Wii U. Darn sucky ass game. Anyway, no, here's what's the sad thing is, Mike. It totally came out of blue, uh, left field. So it said it was wrapping it up. So wh- who are Nintendo's primary competitors now? You would think it'd in, be the- in portable or on console? Well, it's the answer is neither. Because you would think it would be Nintendo or Sony or whatever. But he, he actually went on to talk about like the environmental group, Environmental Protection Agency, which has been on Nintendo's case because in case you didn't know this, Nintendo's one of the worst companies about making their their consoles out of anything recyclable or anything along those lines. Okay, okay, that's not a big deal. I mean, to me anyways, but I mean, I care about the environment, but I'm not shedding elephant tears. I love my Nintendo too. But actually the next thing got me really bad. He said, and then there's this group and then, he went through a few groups, but the one group that caught my mind was, and I forget what the name of the group is, but the reason why they're opponents of Nintendo and they're constantly hammering away at Nintendo's reputation is in case you didn't know this, Nintendo apparently gets Nintendo's NESs or Wii's or whatever it is made from the same place that Apple gets their iPods made, Mike. And you might have seen an article about that in the news if you pay attention. Let's see. Apple makes its stuff in China, as I recall. That's right. And I forget the exact name of the city. I want to say it was like Xinglao or Xingxi or something like that. But Xinjiang? Xinjiang. Oh. That might be it. But it was uh, – the, the, he goes on to talk about the factory there that employs the people that makes the stuff for Nintendo employs over 300,000 people. 300,000 which makes it honestly a mid-scale employer by Chinese standards. Holy crap, dude! That is ten times. Walt, I worked in Walt Disney World, and we were proud of the fact that we had over thirty thousand employees. That's ten times the amount. That's like the size of Cleveland. That's insane. 
That's insane. Right? But but to make it even worse, of course, yeah, you probably know the story now that I mentioned the iPod. Yeah, they pay those people next to nothing. Something that's super super. I I mean, it's it's just almost it's just a step above human slave labor. Uh, and they work you know massive hours just to have a little bit of money to feed their family or whatever. That just very very poor conditions, very poor treatment of humans. What's really kind of sad is that one of the quote unquote employer benefits is life insurance. That's something we particularly take for granted. My employer, I have 50,000, so if I kick the bucket, at least my funeral's covered. But but what's really that might, co- that might cover sending flowers to people too. Yeah, yeah, it does here. Well, you know. But anyways, for these Chinese people, I don't know what the exact dollar amount is, but apparently some of them have done the math and figured out that they're actually worth more dead than continuing to work for years on end. So they have <laughs> accidents uh, and fall to their deaths. And uh, it's really sad. And uh, so that's one thing Nintendo doesn't really want the general public to really know. But there are groups out there that are figuring this out and are smear, you know, are basically doing campaigns against Nintendo. And these are the types of quote unquote competitors Nintendo has along with the cell phones and things like that, because that is taking some market share away from the people who would usually walk around with the DS. So, uh, but it was just like, oh, yeah, I mean, cell phones and comparison. Okay, that's all interesting and stuff. I mean, the, the whole story was super interesting, but then it didn't know such a setup because and I'm which thinking, cell phones are not made in China? <laughs> yeah, but I'm now I'm thinking, gosh, every Wii I buy might be throwing somebody over a balcony. <laughs> you know, it just made me feel so bad at the end, Mike. I got all these electronic gizmos for. I wonder what Mister Apps would say if he was on, given his stance toward Apple. <laughs> oh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's a there's another book on here that I might get at some point, and it's called Console Wars: Sega, Nintendo, and the Battle That Defined a Generation. So that looks like it goes into some more detail on that one particular generation. But the Super Mario book that I read covers essentially everything from uh, from Atari days all the way up to the uh, to the end of the almost the end of the very 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 interesting. So. Uh, but but to go back to what we were talking about, games being uh, fun and stuff, that's where the, the the argument is made in this book. That that's kind of where Nintendo's always tried to find its niche. It kind of gave up on being the most advanced console back back with uh, you know Nintendo sixty four and the such. Uh, certainly, <laughs> you know, back in those days, they were pressing as hard as they could, but they lost it with the PlayStation, uh, and it's just been. You know they've been behind ever since, but clearly that's that they've been trying to step away. And say, but how can we make these games fun? And they hit it out of the park with the with the Wii, right? I mean, I've had people come over, and I've got a PlayStation Three right next to a Wii. Now, my hardcore gaming fans, of course, they want to play the the PlayStation Three, but everybody, including casual people in my family, I show them a, a PlayStation controller, like, holy crap, look at all those buttons. You show them a Wii controller, like, oh, I get this. You show them. You know, something like Ratchet and Clank, which I think is a very, very fun platforming game. And you try to hand them a PlayStation 3 controller and they just back off like it's kryptonite. But you show <laughs> them New Super Mario Brothers, which in case you don't know, boys and girls, New Super Mario Brothers actually is just a reimagining of old Super Mario Brothers from the Nintendo days. It's two so it side two buttons. <laughs> and it uses two buttons. And and you so you hand them a Wii controller set sideways, which has, a, you know, two buttons, and they get it. 
and they're immediately playing and they're immediately having fun. And anybody who come over to my house will jump in and play New Super Mario Brothers. They'll play Wii Sports. They'll play, you know, any of those things and, and Mario Party, whatever, and have a, you know, a good time doing it. And, and so that's what I was kind of thinking of as I was listening to this book, Mike, as I was thinking through my memories of like playing some of the Mario games, uh, the new Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario 3D. And, and 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 yeah, those are like when I sit down and play those. Those are the games that are fun. They're exciting. They're colorful. They make me laugh at times. And then you sit down, you play some of these, you know, like really hardcore dungeon games. Or I, I play. I just, I've been playing Eye of the Beholder for uh, for the gamers experience video that I'm working on. And you know, it reminded me. Wait a minute, this is a little bit more work because now I'm drawing maps and I'm keep track of statistics. And and worst of all, there's those evil puzzles that you know I love so much. And, and, I may have heard something about this at one point or another. <laughs> right, right. And it's just there. And I'm doing this video on this, and I I can't even give this enough time to explain all the mechanics behind that particular game. I'm not saying there isn't a time for place for that, but yeah, it does seem to me that we probably spend uh, too too much uh, of our time playing games that maybe are just maybe not as fun as they could be, you know, when games used to kind of be fun. So that's where Nintendo will, that's what the argument is made is at the end of the day, as you know, Sony and Microsoft clearly taking the lead on the hard quote unquote, hardcore audience, the gears of war, whatever the sports games and the such Nintendo will be able to retain its own market share. If it can make a system that is just fun. Apparently it's missed the mark with the Wii U. (laughs) I, that one's, it's it's only sold a dismal 10 million, which is even half as much as the GameCube. I, I just, yeah. 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 Well, well, we know the NX is coming. Yeah. I, I, I actually, after listening to the book, I was like, well, I, I, and I remember hearing a little bit about the NX before. I'm like, is there any news on this yet? No. I, I, I looked at a couple of websites, nothing, just a couple of rumors here and there. I, I, I secretly suspect myself my my running theory is that it's the opposite of the Wii U. So if you don't have a Wii U, you never read about a Wii U, boys and girls, it's essentially, it, it, you know, it hooks up to your TV. It's a console, but the controller is essentially an iPad with joysticks. It has a big screen. It is so underutilized. Uh, it breaks my heart. This would be perfect, perfect for RPGs. Oh my gosh. Uh, inventory management, mini maps of the dungeon you're in. It would it would just be glorious on here, but unfortunately they're not selling enough, so no one's developing the really cool RPGs that take advantage. The, the few RPGs that are on there are mostly retro RPGs in the shop, and they don't really do the dual screen. Anywho, one of the cool things about it though is that let's say I'm playing a game and my wife walks in and she wants to watch TV. With a touch of a button, the game will show up on that screen that I'm playing, you know, that I'm holding as a joystick and I no longer have to look at the TV because the main game's going on right there. It's an iPad with joysticks and and now it's really, it's playing the latest Mario games or Donkey Kong Country or Mario Kart. And that's really cool. The limitation is it has to be talking to the Wii base unit. The the handheld thing is not a computer in and of itself. It's simply a receiver. It's a control. It's a glorified controller. I mean, it's and a, its battery life isn't great. I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Don't go too far without the battery. Um. So my personal guess is that the NX is the opposite. The opposite, where the handheld 
uh, the, the machine that's in your hand is the computer. It's essentially, maybe it's a hyped up DS or it's, it's akin to the Vita or something. But with a touch, you have a little gizmo. Maybe it's the size of a Chrome, you know, receiver or whatever, but you'll have a gizmo on your TV. So with a touch, you can play it on your TV, but the game's actually taking place on your handheld device. And that the beauty of that is if I'm going for a business trip, I'm going to be able to take it with me and continue my game. You know, because the game's actually the com- computation, the save game, the the actual data crunching is happening on the handheld device, not on the box that's hooked up to my TV. That would be super awesome. The Vita almost has that when you have games that have cross save functionality um, and and cross play, and you can use the Vita as a controller with the PlayStation Fours. Oh, yeah. But it's not seamless. It's it's good, but it's not seamless. This would be completely seamless if. The, the console is the handheld device and you're simply when you're in your house on your 60 inch plasma tv you hit a button and it's boom it's on the screen so that's my guess we'll see if i'm right in a few months because yep. i'm sure they're gonna have to give a tail sun bolt. well we know it's not going to be at e3 so nintendo is just going to sit on it as long as possible mm. because that that is the way to keep secrets from getting out in this day and age well, nope. well, there will be no leaks. There'll be no leaks. I don't know. How, I don't know if they can uh, sit on it for too long. I'm sure their their stock prices and stuff are are suffering a battering with the dismal. Well, then again, the 3ds might be might be helping them out a bit there, completely sinking. But Nintendo I'm, I'm, handheld stuff usually does that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's been without it, the, without the GBA. How would Nintendo have survived during the N64 and GameCube years? Yeah, right. I was worried, though, Mike. I'll be honest with you. My 3DS, and I was an early adapter, and six months later, I think I was still playing Pilot Wings for crying out loud. I, I just there was there was nothing coming out, and and reading the re- sales reports, they were pretty dismal. And if you don't have sales, that means you don't have third-party developer support. You don't have third-party developer support. That means the only game I'm going to get on this darn thing is Ocarina of Time and Super Mario 3DS. And Majora's Mask. Don't oh, forget that. Jeez, not Majora's Mask. The ultimate puzzle. No, no, no. So I was I was seriously no. thinking that was a wasted birthday present. I was about to tell my wife I love you, but you brought me a dud. But then they dropped the price, and they gave me a bunch of like free retro games, and that kept me busy until, yeah, third party was really jumping on as the sales increased. And now, hell, now we're getting – we got not one, but now two Fire Emblems. Now the library is uh... – Right, we have three, honestly. Oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about uh, Revel- Awakening and Fates, not yeah. all the versions of Fates. Not all the, yeah, all the versions. Yeah, I mean, hell, yeah. If you count those, we got a, we got. I mean, easily, there's three full time games, four full time games in that series. When you think of it that way, you're right. Those expansions or whatever you want to call them are meaty. Um, but you also have Bravely Default. You have Bravely Second, which really talk about. We we were always complaining about how JRPGs are dead. Now, if you have a 3DS. Well, you know, Phil, uh, that's just really hard for some people. Handhelds are not how they want to play. They don't want to play. They don't want to play. How can you not want to play handhelds? That's where all the... You got Pokemon X and Y. You got you got Dragon Quest games coming out on it, right? Or are yep. those coming out on console? No, uh, 11, 11. is going to be on console, I think. But if you want to play 7 and 8... They're not out yet, but they're coming. To the 3DS. Well, they're out in Japan if you want to deal with the damn region lock there's that uh you know probably probably arguably the best dungeon crawling series ever is on your 3ds right at your in odyssey uh th- those it does are really have good. that lovely ds backward compatibility 
Yeah, plus, but but plus, and plus the the remakes or whatever with the storylines and the such have been 3ds, and and Netrian Odyssey Five will be 3ds. Yep. You got Shin Megami Tensei Four, which is a 3ds exclusive, unless you speak Japanese. There's uh, Persona Q. Yeah, Monster Hunter is a lot of fun. Monster Hunter X is probably the best iteration of Monster Hunter to date. There, uh, there's that there's that stupendous seller that has set the charts afire, Project X Zone. <laughs> uh, not the best example, Mike. Shimigami Tensei Devil Survivor, the remakes. I mean, yeah, you can go back and play the original ones, but the, the remakes are, are ports or whatever you want to call them. Uh, have some extra content stuff, so they are the, the more definitive version. I, I will say, like, um, uh, the, the what's it called? Room Factory 4. We, we call it Soul Suckery 4 over here in our household because my wife can't put it down, and that's a 3DS exclusive. And Fantasy Life is a lot of fun, too, if you're into those farming simulation slash hack and slash, the, the ones that combine the two, Harvest Moon meets Dungeon Crawling. So right. Fantasy Life is a little bit more, that and more, but uh, Room Factory is, you know, Room Factory. Yeah. Religious play. Oh, Longrisser, that's that's really not a recommendation. <laughs> not not a recommendation. And that's not even getting into, of course, you can go to the eShop. You can download a lot of the retro games and play those on there as well. I have a really great time with those. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of great games. And they games. don't even all come from Nintendo consoles. There's Die. some Game Gear stuff on there. Yeah, isn't that weird? I mean, that just doesn't seem right. It just seems like it's so wrong. And yet there it is. So, Well, uh, what... What new games does Sega make now? Sonic? Um, Sonic uh, and Mario at the Olympics? <laughs> yeah, they've, they've, what, what been, they've been a little little quiet here. Let's take a look at their uh, website real quick. Dawn of War 3 coming to the PC. 7th Dragon 3 code VDF coming to the 3DS in July 2016. So that, that looks kind of RPG-y. Uh, we got another... That is RPG. We, we know that because... Oh, right. There's somebody on the site who got an early review code of that. I, I probably should have asked, but well. Valkyrie Chronicles Remastered, they just came out. And uh, more total uh, Hammer expansion-y stuff if you're into that crap. So, not a ton that's coming out. <laughs> not, not, not a super ton, but I guess they're still kind of plugging away. Yeah. Sega. Oh, yeah, and uh, Yakuza 0, I think, is coming. Yakuza I know, five. I know, I know. I know Sam will. That's that's yeah, that's Sega. Sega. That Yakuza will be five. on Sam's radar immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, Sega 3D Classics Collection on your 3DS. Speaking of, <laughs> <laughs> apparently that's kind of sort of recent. So, go Sega. God bless your little hearts. And that's what that's what kind of one of the questions was: Will Nintendo become kind of like Sega, where they just start publishing for other platforms and get out of the hardware business? I think a lot will ride on the uh, DNX, so we'll see how that goes for them. Yep. But uh, interesting, though, they did – I yeah, he didn't go – because he didn't cover that history. I think it would have been interesting if he had the extra history of the 3DS knocking out – pretty much knocking out the Vita, which is a shame because I love the Vita. Love it. And it's still a fun retro gaming device, and there's some I good have- RPGs on it too. I haven't spent much time on it yet because, as you know, the, the game I got first for review is not really enthralling me. But Mm-mm. I like the machine. That yeah. I can definitely agree with. The screen is bright and colorful. Yeah, But, fair. of course, this being Sony, Sony has its own stupid mistakes that are consistently made, like proprietary formats. Yeah. yeah. Do you have uh, do you have Muramasa on it? 
I don't own the game. Not currently. Ah. Uh, hmm. wonder if I got your copy of that one. Uh, uh, Try to remember if I got, like, the PSM version and then I got the hard copy. Because that's Dragon's a good Crown? one. Yeah, I, I mean, Dragon's Crown stuff, but I was just bringing up Muramasa because you talk about something that really shows up the Vita's display and the colors and the contrast. Oh, my gosh. Like, I can show a 3DS, and that'll wow people when I turn on the 3D, on the XL version anyways. The, you want the new 3DS boy rolls. Uh, but, you know, I'll be honest. It's like, after I played it for, like, 10 minutes, that 3DS is like, I turn it, I mean, I turn off the 3D. It's just, eh, it's okay. It's got some pop, but but the but the Vita and that Vita screen, and you're playing a game like Muramasa or something, oh, it's just oozing beauty. Oozing. So pretty. Have we ever get a review for Sorcery Saga, Curse of the Great Curry God? Yeah, I think so. Really long title. I remember that as the revival of Madomonogatari, which never came out in English until now. Mm. And hmm. I'm also plugging away at Diablo 3 again because it's season 6. And that means time to, to, to work through and get another set of armor. I see Anime Man from our website, our forums, is also in there jumping in playing. They have, uh, they've also given, there's like more pets. There's not a lot of big changes this time around. I think, uh, I think the, the evidence is, is saying that for Diablo 3, you're not going to see a ton more new expansions or anything along those lines you're just going to see kind of like these season updates where maybe there's a new piece of armor or something like that but i don't think you're going to find new classes or new areas added or anything along those lines some tweaking balancing maybe because they laid off uh, uh some of their staff to move to or moved them to other sections maybe to work on diablo 4 but in the meantime uh i'm up there getting my new monk armor so that's pretty cool you what's that oh yeah doom is coming out this week do yeah i know a lot of people are excited for that uncharted 4 super awesome i'll probably wait for one sale though it's when i got the uncharted games so i only played the very first doom oh well yeah we're not cool enough cats to play first person shooters doesn't does borderlands not count no it's an rpg that's why it's on website it is but there are first person (laughs) rpgs it's a first person rpg but not a first person shooter FPRPG. Yeah, that's the acronym. FPRPG, not FPS. Is Destiny a first person? I don't know. I haven't played that one. Isn't that an FPRPG MMO? I <laughs> the acronyms know. just get longer and longer and longer. Yeah, we should probably stop at that point. <laughs> so, we will... We will. Uh, what are we talking about? Do you know what we're talking about next, uh, next time, Mike? We're finally going to get to more Yakuza next time. Yakuza! So... Be ready for that. And if you got a minute, head over to my YouTube channel. I guess you can just look up JC Serve. I'm not really sure. So just look up the Gamer's Experience. I'm sure that'll pull it up. And check out the Gamer's Experience. I've got like six shows up now. I'm putting together number seven, which is talking about Eye the Beholder and Dungeon Hack. So two very interesting games with some pretty cool memories. I think later games do it a little bit better nowadays, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend them right off the bat, was my conclusion. But it's fun just to, you know, spend 30 minutes, jump in there, remind yourself what it is. The Dungeon Hack has a ton of sliders. I'm not sure there's still... Actually, I don't know if there's any modern-day counterpart to Dungeon Hack's ability to completely randomize dungeons. Because that's what Dungeon Hack did. You had all kinds of sliders. You could make more monsters, less monsters, more traps, more water levels, less water levels, more powerful magic overall, less powerful magic. I mean, you just all these sliders, they, um, at least a dozen, if not two dozen sliders you could pick from to uh, make every experience different. And then it would create, from those sliders, it would create a completely randomized dungeon. 
uh, multi-floor dungeon. I mean, the smallest dungeon is 10 floors, and the slider goes up to 25 floors. So the down part for Dungeon Hack for me was that you only played with one character instead of like Eye of the Beholder where you would get four characters, Legend of Grimrock where you get four, or Etrian Odyssey where you would get five. I like having multiple characters. It does give you a lot more options. Yeah, yeah. Although then again, the game will then take that opportunity to throw lots of annoying annoying status ailments your way. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know enough about the monsters abilities in in the magic items that are dropped to know just how much of a pain in the ass that is if you were just to play let's say a rogue or a fighter in dungeon hack i generally would pick like a fire you can go multi-classical fighter slash cleric with like a half elf so it helps to know your D rules because that will help you make more intelligent and informed decision about what class you want to play if you're going to play dungeon or eye the beholder they're both using um archaic D rules so read the, read the instruction books on those games, boys and girls. But if you want to know more, you want to see the instruction book, because I do go through pages of the instruction book right there on the screen with you. You want to see some of the mechanics in action, head on over to YouTube and look up The Gamer's Experience with JC Servant. And uh, check out my other games. And you might want to just listen to more RPG Backtrack. And you can do that at rpgamer.com, where we have a huge back catalog for you to add to your backlog a podcast talking about all your favorite rpgs from the way back when right up through yesteryear so head over to rpgamer.com we also have several other shows for you to listen to like the rpg cast where we talk about more current news we have the active topical banter where we pick a topic and we get active with it and we banter and stuff like that, that seems to be the format there is q a quest where mr apps answers your questions like just how bad is agoras wars in fact that's a great question to ask him you should send that into him Particularly if you also reference it in light of Mujin Souls. We know he we know he loves getting questions about that one. Yeah, absolutely. So you can you can uh, you can leave us comments on our forums at forums at rpgamer.com. You can shoot us off private messages there, shoot me an email, gcservant at cyberlightcomics.com, Mr. Minky is Albert Odyssey at hotmail.com, and we'll read them right here on the air. Do you have a favorite old game you want to gush over? You can also send that to us. If you want to send me an MP3 recording, I've mentioned this every once in a blue moon just in case somebody bites. But uh, if you want to talk about your favorite old game, maybe one of the ones we just recently talked about, or maybe your favorite game of all time, you can, in all factuality, put together your own five-minute MP3 or less. Keep it keep it kind of shortish so it doesn't go on too, too long. And if you uh, write it ahead of time, you will be able to fit in a lot of words into five minutes, or at least just do some bullet points so you don't waste too much time with dead air. And share with us your favorite or most dreadful RPG RPG memories from the way back in right up to yesteryear. We will be happy to append them to the end of our show and share your love or your pain with our vast audience of thousands. RPG Backcheck is a production of RPGamer.com, your favorite source for news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community on the net. I already mentioned all the places where you look up. Become our biggest fans at Facebook.com forward slash RPGamer. You can follow the website at Twitter.com forward slash RPGamer. And look us up again. I'm JC Servant. He is Jumei Sin, all at Twitter. We're big fans of Twitter. Mike and I are. Mr. Mike, do you have anything to put us to bed with? Uh... Not really, because playing any given Agarest game will definitely do that instead. Just start it up, go through this, go through the tedious process of picking other options, and you'll start to wonder, man, bed seems so much better. I'm just going to go to sleep right now, and there will be you will have you will have cured your insomnia. 